Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle, especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) No, I've not had it in the can. (laughs) Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley, for today, along with, I'm excited to say, the, re- the, the triumphant return of, of one of my favorite co-hosts ever, Sean Sully O'Sullivan. Hey! Yeah, Sully's back with it's, us. It's great to be back here. I, uh, I can't even believe it. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's a dream come true to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of you who've been listening for a long time, of course, everybody knows Sully, but you might also know that he was my co-host on our, our FM radio show for a long time right, in North Beach, yeah, yeah. Uh, CBS, KCBS, yep, yep. We were on CBS for gosh three years or something. We did that, and um, anyhow, I've asked Sully to come back on the show. He's going to help out with uh, Teresa as well from uh, Crooked Lane, and they're kind of rotating the co-host, uh, one of the co-host seats for us. Yeah, it's uh, so. uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I miss doing it. I was thinking about the first days I was back here. I don't know if your listeners remember the Rat Pad back on in Pacheco. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you probably do. You probably going through therapy for, for that still, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, this is great. I like the way you, you, you painted this place for me, and there's balloons and that's right, and things in the in the studio here to welcome me. I, I feel very good. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody hugged me when I walked in. It was See? really. Uh, you know, in a, in a decent way. Yeah, so, yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting <laughs> to be here. Everyone has welcomed you back with open arms. Open arms. Um, and so thank you for being here. Uh, Beardy is out this week. He's in uh, Scotland, I believe, uh, doing some distilling training oh. uh, over there, which I imagine that he was greeted like a Viking god. He, if you he, think about Beardy walking around Scotland. Yeah, they probably said, here, wear, wear this kilt if you don't have one. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and let's get on with it and change your accent he's like the second coming yeah. i feel like uh so 
anyhow, that's where he is. I think we're going to miss him um, maybe this weekend and next week. JP's just late, as usual. He'll be on his own. Yeah, he's nursing the child. He's nursing. That happens, too. Um, and anyhow, so you took Bart out I, here. Yeah, I was telling you when I came in here. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, your weather's amazing. It's nice out here, isn't it? Uh, it's this, insane. This time of year is just right. I, it's, I got off the Bart train. First of all, the train was packed, which is, is that, I mean, that's that's a normal occurrence, I assume. At this time, yes. Yeah, and so it's 80 degrees. It was like, and when I left Berkeley, it was raining, you know. Right. And there's, it's like, I have this big tree, you know, above my house and the fog collects. I'm not going to explain to you the weather pattern, but, you yeah, know, yeah. and then it rains down on the, you know, and you feel like you're, it's winter and yeah. it sucks. And then you come here and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, but the BART train was... You know, I have not been on a packed BART train in a long time. It's awful. First of all, the microclimates that people talk about in the oh, that's right. that's area right, yeah. are real. Like yeah. that, that's a real yeah. thing, which is why you can just, you know, travel the 20 miles from Sully's house to our house and uh, or to, to the studio, and, and it will be different. But, you know, uh, and I live real close to BART, too. Um, you just it, don't take it? It's awful. It's so awful. Yeah, so this is my big complaint, uh, and I have many. So I travel a lot in planes, so I have a whole list there. So I'm going to start building, because I'll be doing this often. I'm going to build a little BART complaint like uh, sheet. It's the backpack, the guy with the backpack on. Right. And it's just literally completely unaware of personal space. I always take it's it like, off and put it in front of you. I put it in between my legs. This yeah. guy was not, he had nothing to do with that. No. He was not going to do that. And that's the that's what I don't like about Bart, and I and I shouldn't complain. We're lucky to have it. Yes, uh, but it's the people. I mean, the people just drive me insane. Well, people drive you insane in general. Though, you're right. So you're right. And then really... when they're condensed into one little train like that, yeah. it, it's like it, it, I can. It just bothers me more. Yeah, it's, right. a, it's an aluminum tube of disturbance for you. <laughs> it really is. And you know what? I don't think that therapy is ever going to fix that for me. It probably that's, won't. You should no. just you know accept it and yeah. just say this is the way it is. And my therapist just says, yeah, that's the way you feel. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like. You just roll with it. Don't that's fight a, it. That's a good one. But I will say it would have taken me an hour to get here. Had you not taken the train. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was yeah. great. It's like a great commercial for BART, aside from the people in the train. Yeah. You're just flying by cars. Right, right. So anyway, it took me 25 minutes to get here. Well, see, that's... Yeah. And yeah. They, actually, I was served a meal on board as well. <laughs> if, if they would put a drink car on it, it might be a, might be <laughs> It'd be a great place. to see somebody struggling through the, with a drink car, like literally oh, like gosh, yeah. pushing along. People are getting out of the way. I'm trying to play words with friends here. Leave me alone. I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it, and we're glad to have Thank you back you. on the show. Today's show, we're also going to be speaking to our, our guest today, Virgin Beer Company out of Carlsbad, California, and um, excited to be talking to them. Anthony and Derek are both here, uh, co-founders, and um, uh, they sent us a lot, a lot of beer, which I'm already drinking right now. Uh, hey, JP. Oh, hi. Hey, JP. JP's made it. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I'm drinking their Keller Pills in my glass already. Oh, wow. Which I'm excited to talk to them about. I think it's made with uh, Nelson, and um, not everybody's favorite hop, but it is one of mine. Nelson? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think like that's one of those hops that kind of, you love it or hate it kind of yeah. kind of things. And I've always been a fan. So we'll talk to them about that. It's already in my glass now. Second one. Is yeah, so you're loving it. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. And then we got some IPAs from them in the pale ale. They brought us a pale ale. So we'll be talking to them. You can go to virginbeer.com and check it out right now if you want to learn about them before the interview. All right, let's do a couple of quick announcements. Our announcements today are brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company. You can go to drinkdrakes.com and check it out. And Sully, have you been to their new place in Sacramento, The Barn? The Barn, yeah. no. I have so, not. me neither. I want to take, speaking of public trends, I want to take uh, the Amtrak from close to my house in Martinez, 
pop right up to Sacramento and check out the barn. It's supposed to be amazing as a, as a music venue, uh, uh, different food areas, a, a cocktail bar, obviously a bunch of different tap areas. So go yeah. to drinkdrakes.com and, and check out the barn. It looks barn. great. I mean, they knock it out of the park with their... I'm, I'm actually, honestly, kind of envious all the time. Like, oh, they opened another great one. I know. We have a very small or a very large tap room. <laughs> I have I have the exact same feeling. It's and like, I, I, you, you know, as a retail owner, you're like, you know, yes. you're like. And I'm ah. like, John, he just keeps every yeah. time. He just nails it. Yeah. I tell him this, too. Every time I see him, I'm like, I don't know, John. You're like my mentor and I fucking hate you or something. Like, you're so good at what you do. Yeah, it's weird, though, because it, they're great. They take a long time to sort of, be, you know, to come to fruition. Yeah. But I think it's because they're so great. They just take like a long, you know, um, look at me doing the plug. Yeah. Um, but he is <laughs> uh, they, at- I mean, they're, they're really good at it. I mean, honestly, like all kidding aside. They are. They are. Uh, so go check out the new place or any of their places. They're all wonderful. Go to drinkdrakes.com. Um, all right. A few announcements for you today. Our anniversary party, BNA14, tickets are on sale now. Uh, you can go to thebrewingnetwork.com and just click on the BNA14 page. That will be happening Saturday, June 29th, uh, out in Providence, Rhode Island. All the details there uh, are on the page that you need. The VIP tickets are going to sell out, so I would go get them soon. They sell out every year, and they sell out first. And we're about halfway there on those, so you're going to want to go get your VIP tickets. Um, but general admission tickets will be available for a little while. But just go, go get them now and hang out with us. It's the closing party, the unofficial closing party of HomebrewCon. So come have some, some fun. Go to brewingnetwork.com. Uh, if you want to support us in all the different ways that you that you can do, or maybe you already do, do your Amazon shopping just by clicking the Amazon link on our homepage. And um, that's just a great way to do your normal shopping. And you can also subscribe and join the BN Army. For as little as two bucks a month, you're entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. And that's where we give away 100 bucks to spend at More Beer every single month. The more you donate, the more chances you have to win. And the longer we stay on air, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> that's just a great way to do it. Just hit the donate button on our on our homepage. Um, check out all our new shows. we got tons of shows. Uh, Heads and Tails, Hop and Brew School, Shine Runner, Craft Marketing. Uh, it's all here. we got a ton of shows. Um, all right. Get updates and, and other things over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. We love to hear from you. Um, so feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can send your show ideas over there, too, and we're always looking for those. All right. Do we have a Twitter game today, JP? Sure, man. Great. Twitter game is brought to you today by Five Star Chemicals. Sanitation is everything. So is cleanliness, and they've got everything you need over at Five Star Chemicals. Whether you're a professional brewer or a home brewer, go to fivestarchemicals.com. And while you're there, thank them for all their years of support of the Brewing Network, including the great show, Dr. Homebrew. That's right. Thank you very much. It is a great show. You guys just reached how many episodes? Uh, We just had an anniversary recording. We recorded episode 145 and 146 last week. Oh, that it was, was our a, it was six, six year, year anniversary. That's what it was. Wow. An episode. It was a six year anniversary. Six years. That's yeah, great. That's a good show. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. What's our Twitter game today? Well, <laughs> I was thinking it actually chimes in pretty well with uh, with your Bart discussion, which I'm sorry to miss because I would have added a lot of the <laughs> vitriol to that. <laughs> Plenty of that. Um, but everyone has weird grooming habits, right? Yeah. Aaron has weird grooming habits. Yeah. Here, the hop grenade. Uh, but especially the brewcasters. Mm-hmm. So I want the <laughs> listeners to describe for us what our worst grooming habits are. So like each one of us or just pick out like this one has sure. the worst one and this is it. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Like, you know, JP, uh-huh. you know, using his uh, his kid's Barbie comb to comb his pubes. Like that kind of like weird. Right. That like, would be bad. Right. Yeah. 
All right. If I did that, which I don't do that. Yeah. So everybody uh, knows my kid doesn't play with Barbies. That's right. But imagine what we would do and, that's right. and tell us that. That's right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay. Now let's do some feedback. Thank you. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com and check it out. And John, oh boy, our friend John over there. Oh boy. He's about to earn his money. I'm about to get sued. Are you? Yeah, you guys will hear all about it here soon. Well, what's going on? This sounds interesting. I can't say it just yet because i got to wait well, to see just, what they're going to do. But you, you, you um, just did. I'm teasing. <laughs> just can't say it. I mean, I just think it's going to happen. And uh, it's been going on. I've been negotiating back and forth with this company for like a year. And uh, I, believe, I believe we might have hit an impasse. And uh, It's not over how great your sign is out front. I just saw that when I walked up. Isn't that nice? I'm just trying to derive the conversation <laughs> here and make you feel better about yourself. Well, I'm just saying uh, I'll keep you up to date uh, as much as I can. I might be able to t- talk about what's happening by next week, but I'll say this. Our good friend John over at the Beer Law Center oh. is doing uh, a great, great work, and, um, and, and, I, and I trust him, and you should, too. Go to BeerLawCenter.com. Uh-huh. All right. Mm. Let's do some feedback. Can you imagine? Well, I'm going to sue you. Why? Because your sign looks great. Yeah. It happens. It can happen in America. <laughs> yeah, it looks greater than mine. It's too good. And that's unfair practices in the marketplace. I, I got to tell you, not to, like, again, but, I mean, I walk, I usually I come to this place at night. I don't see anything. Mm. And I'm also older. And uh, But uh, walking up here, I was like, that is a very fancy sign. We do, yeah. We spent some dough on that sign. Yeah. Good, good job. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, if we go ever go out of business, I'm just going to put it in my living room. You should have could light yeah. the whole place up, probably. Yeah, exactly. Nice, warm, green hue. Yeah. You sleep easy. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. Yeah. Fine. Uh, compliment how I feel. <laughs> um, Bright? <laughs> green. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Kyle writes in, hey, BN, um, I love the podcast. Just a minor ask, if possible. Yeah. It seems that the podcast is usually uploaded within a day or so to iTunes, and I was hoping you could do the same to Google Podcasts, as it doesn't seem to arrive until Thursday. Ignore this if it's on Google's end and has nothing to do with you anyway. Mm. Thank you from Kyle. So I usually try to get that show posted like tonight, like the night of the show, so that you all can wake up for it. And I do a pretty good job of that. Uh, But I will say this. uh, You know, we publish in one place, and that place sends it to all the places. It sends it to iTunes. It sends it to Google Play. It sends it to Stitcher. Um, So I'm not sure. It it does sound like it must be on Google's end. I think there is like a time gate for Google to refresh that from what Mm. I remember when it – because it's relatively new service. Yeah. So I think that... uh, Right. Well, I do know this. Sometimes even on my iTunes, um, like to make sure that it published for you guys, I go and manually refresh refresh it because iTunes also has its own interval, but you can just hit the button like manually update. And I don't know if Google Play has that. You might want to check that. I don't don't use Android, so... uh, But you could... If it has a manual refresh, try that. Otherwise, unfortunately, that one um, is out of my hands. I can't do much about that. So, uh, but thanks for listening and for the feedback. Uh, okay, Greg writes in. He wants. He's got a couple questions about BNA fourteen. Apparently, I royally screwed that up. Uh, <laughs> he says the description says the description in the ticket. I think it says general admission is that starts at seven thirty. And then VIP hour uh, is is one hour early entry, but the ticket I just bought <laughs> VIP says entry at five thirty, and that general admission begins at seven. Um, okay, well the ticket is correct. So, uh, and I've updated the wording based on on your feedback. I did kind of screw that up a little bit, but here was my thinking. I wanted to give you guys a full VIP hour, like that was the intent of 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 the VIP hour. Yeah. Um, but then I realized if I if I started entry at six. 
which is the start of your hour. Some of you are going to miss 15 minutes or so if we get a big line. There's going to be a, a couple hundred people that are in the VIP hour alone. I just wanted to make sure that we had time to get you all in so that you had a full hour uh, to roam around and, and for the different entertainment that we're going to do for you. So, if and I've, I've updated this on the website so you all don't have to remember it, but if you bought a VIP ticket, um, it's actually 90 minutes long. We're going to let you start letting you in at 530, um, and that goes until 7, and then general admission begins at 7. And then it doesn't matter how long it takes GA to get in because we go until like 11 o'clock. So you'll have plenty of time. Um, by the way, did I mentioned it's all you can drink for that whole time. Like it sounds damn. exciting. It's going to be a good time. I, I mean, I was just, when you said 14, I was like, oh my, it's been 14 years. I know, right? Yeah. It's really, it's been a while. I, saw, I posted an old picture of you and I. Um, I think it was next door to EJ Fair, and we look like like young like right. bucks. I mean, I have like kind of I'm a little chubbier because I have just you know getting my baby fat. Right, and it's yeah. it's 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 remarkable. I mean, this no grays, no grays, no aging, I no know. like. Yeah. Well, there's some gray around the temple, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to go back to those photos at all. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to find a picture of you and I together to post, and um, is that the last time we we posed? Together? No, no, no. There was some <laughs> other ones, but I mean, I there's like I mean, let's be honest, Jeff. And you and I have spent a lot of time together. Yeah, uh, we were we've been fairly inebriated with each other. You right. know, stories which you can't even talk about because I think I would be sued and I have to call your lawyer friend. Sure, he's good. To, yeah, he's good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was uh, so th- that was a good clean photo. Okay, yeah, there's like a it. couple in there where just it's just uh, it's a mess. That's a good choice. Then. Yeah, I like your choice. Yeah, I don't know if you remember where BNA one was by the way. Yeah, I, th- I believe it was Twenty hmm, First Amendment. <laughs> yeah, up in That's... the up in the mezzanine where I literally had to bring like a room. The, you know, that was when computers were the size of a room. Exactly. You had a trunk with all your radio equipment. and <laughs> Can yeah. I borrow your dolly from my floppy disk, yeah. please? Yeah. We had somebody on the roof with an antenna kind of aiming in the Foster. direction. Yeah. You know, John Foster was up there. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. That was, uh, I think, I think Vinny came on that show, maybe. That Did sounds he? about right. Yeah. and uh, It was probably were, an eight-hour-long show. It was. It was like a long time. to do back then. Yeah, a long time. And there were probably, I don't know, there was a good handful of people there. But, you know, there's no way in the world you could do it this time. No, no, no. no gosh, no. <laughs> uh, I believe the the place we're doing now has a capacity of 900 people. Yeah, you've, uh, you've grown up. There. I do hope that at some point the Homebrew Con comes back to California, up to the Bay Area, though, so that we could do a repeat uh, at, at 2NA. Like, whenever that happens, I'll just go, well, 21st Amendment. Oh, right? that would be Great. Our, is our site this time. So um, you got the space for us now. We have a lot of space, Justin. Yeah. Not in the mezzanine. <laughs> in San Leandro. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I believe I fixed all those things, Greg. Thank you for pointing that out. And hopefully that's a little more accurate now. All right. Noah writes in, uh, hey, what's with the new commercials for Ikea, Pampers, State Farm, Cook Industries, etc.? I listened mostly from download and noticed this about a month ago. If you sold out to a marketing company... Congratulations from Noah. Um, we semi sold out. I wouldn't, uh, I mean, if I were making a lot more off those ads, I'd say we totally yeah, sold selling out. Selling out implies um, that we're making money. Yeah. Well, we've, we've strategically partnered. Yes. There you go. Oh, a little, little play you out like of that? the craft beer world. Sure, yeah. Um, so we did move our our podcast over to a very exciting and new and robust podcast. Uh, 
podcast delivery platform. And, uh, yeah. And what's that? Uh, that's allowing us to do a number of things that will bore you to death. But one of them is that if we have open ad spaces, uh, which we do, um, they can sell into them. And those are the ads that, that you're hearing there. And then they keep a portion and they give us a portion. And so it's actually mostly designed to uh, go into our back catalog. So you're going to hear a lot more of them in our back catalog. Uh, going forward, you'll hear less and less of them in our in our current shows, although you, you'll, you will hear some here and there. So it was a way for us, again, to just try to stay afloat over here and bring in a little more cash on the podcast. Um, Got to make a buck. Yeah. So hopefully you all don't mind too much. They're, they're 15 and 30 second ads. And like I said, they'll actually be, they'll reduce quite a bit and just be the, the normal things you're used to hearing from our sponsors um, as we as we uh, grow into the new system. So hope, hopefully you all don't mind. If you do, donate more. That's right. <laughs> Easiest way to fix that, donate more. And we've always said that. If you don't want to hear ads, yeah. just call us up. And say how much you have to spend, and we'll we'll tell you which ad we can kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds like a Twitter game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, and then Kevin in Dixon writes in. Just a note, on the website in the events calendar, under the schedule tab, I noticed that BNA14, he, I, apparently I wrote, is the finally to HomebrewCon. He says, I think you meant finale. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's French, like fragile. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you, Kevin. I also fixed that. I appreciate you. I would have made all those mistakes, wow. too. appreciate you. Yeah. You checking up on me? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Also, clean your room. I Love. did. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I did fix it. Thank you, though. All right, uh, Michael <laughs> writes in. Hey, BN crew. Uh, I just got from got back from South Africa, and we stopped at a little brewery in Cape Town called Ajir Project. I might not be saying that right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, just spell it properly. I uh, right Ajir Project. I don't know. <laughs> I sampled most of the beers, and they were really good. I had a cask we heavy pumped with a beer engine, and I was talking to them, and they hadn't heard of juicy or hazy IPAs oh. at all. <laughs> Your boy's going to South Africa. South yes. Africa. <laughs> he says, so I enlightened them on the style. I'm good. And they sat, They thought it sounded pretty gross. It is. Uh, so then I talked to them about Brute IPAs, and the head brewer just heard about them about a month earlier. Yeah, they're gross, too. I went on to mention uh, pastry beers, and they seemed intrigued by those. Those are gross, too. <laughs> Why are you infecting these poor people? <laughs> the colonialism happened, all right? Just leave it alone. Don't read. Let's, let's go. Leave them. Let, let them be. He says, I recall that the session had Cape Brewing on the show in a short segment back in 2018. I had five or six of their beers in the four days we were there, and they were great. The Pilsner was amazing. Pilsner. So he says, I just wanted to drop a line about spreading the juicy, hazy trend to South Africa brewers, and I hope it never takes hold there. Mm. Well, then I don't. Then why did he spread it? Right. It's it's like leave them. They're like the little Amazon tribes that that they should be protected. Any brewing any brewing region that has yet to brew a brute IPA or a pastry stout or a, a hoppy thing or whatever a juicy whatever it is, <laughs> just, nobody can make contact with them. Right. They should live and evolve in their own little ecosystem <laughs> because we're just going to pollute it. You have to treat them it's like as taking the original. Like, yeah, it's like taking the jar of chicken pox, opening it up and go here. This is it, and then yeah. putting it in and then leaving and hopefully sure. nothing got yeah. out. It's too soon. Yeah. Did you like 12 monkeys? Because that's how we get 12 <laughs> monkeys, the movie. <laughs> All right. There's nothing in this jar. See, it's fine. So leave them alone. Yeah. Or, JP, go to South Africa while you still can. God. Visit while you still can. Yeah. Pills okay. Uh, Shia from Melbourne writes in. Melbourne. 
Uh, hey guys, I enjoyed being uh, I enjoyed being able to watch the session on YouTube. Oh. Thanks for that. You're yeah, welcome. we've started. Uh, I had done it a while back, and then we stopped, and now I'm back. Um, we're, we're still experimenting with it, um, but every show has been there uh, for the last couple of weeks. He says, however, uh, camera placement could use some improvement. Um, we can't see Teresa at all, only the arms holding the microphone or whatever it is. Well, she's not here. It's so totally relax. covering her face. Uh, I'll rate the camera angle perspectives from best to worst. Uh, JP can see him clearly, and the microphone arm is not interfering at all. Wonderful. Uh, Justin, good, but a bit too close. <laughs> and angled upwards in an feel, awkward way. I feel like it's the story of your life. Yeah. I like yeah, Justin. He's a little too close, though. You're right. And angled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angled upwards in an awkward way, and the microphone is blocking a bit. I know you need to speak right into the mics. I'm not a complete idiot, but JP manages to do it while looking very comfortable. <laughs> God damn it. I love how I got credit for what has happened so far. I love yeah, it. That's yeah. great. Uh, Beardy, he's not centered in the image. And Teresa can't see her at all. Cheers, Shia. <laughs> all right, fucking Scorsese. Listen, uh, it's a it's a podcast, and we're you know the video is just sort of supplementary anyway. That being said, I do appreciate any and all feedback. Is that what these um, little these floating things here that look like you know air fresheners? Yeah. Okay, yeah, those yeah. are the can. I didn't know. I walked in. I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" Right. Uh, I just went red. So am I okay? Now, now, oh, you got my two of live, buddy. Yeah. Am I live right now? I know you two of those things. Yeah, I had to get two when we went on the road last year. Because y'all needed one here, and I needed one for events. Uh, we're talking of cameras, by the way, folks at home of them. Uh, okay, listen. So, thank you for the feedback, and you know we are we're doing our best. It's never going to be all that great, and, and I'll tell you why. We're limited to the to the number of of cameras we can actually uh, use, unless I got a much more uh, powerful and um, obtrusive computer for this the part of the studio that Bevo sits in. Uh, actually, just it's a CPU power issue. So right now we're running. Uh, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five different cameras. Which is uh, if you if you know anything about. It's impressive. Let me just fucking say it's impressive, okay? <laughs> I think it is. Um, and uh, so there's that part. There's kind of like a machinery problem with it. I'd have to buy a very expensive computer, and it wouldn't fit in the office uh, anyway. So that's a whole thing. Uh, the, the, the other part is, um, yeah, it's just impossible to get a bunch of perfect angles. So I, I'll keep doing my best. If you're watching today's show, I think you'll find it's a little better. For example, when you notice that Beardy's like not centered, it's a lot like Sully is right now. That's because we have to use one camera to capture two guests. So two people. So Can when I move our over? so when our guest comes in um, in in the next segment, it will be perfectly centered on both Sully and okay. one of our guests, and then we'll have another camera on the guest. We have a camera on JP. Mine, I, like I have to rotate back from my computer to the guests. It's just so shut the fuck up, Shia. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I'm kidding. At uh, least they're paying attention, Justin. No, and I agree. And honestly, uh, I've been working a lot on it, so I appreciate the feedback, and we're going to continue to work on it. I, I already know I'm going to move one of our other cameras to a different location. So thank you for the feedback, and I will keep trying to to make it better, Shia. All right? Go back to film school. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> Rough crowd. <laughs> yeah. Take the C-47s and put them on your nipples, Shia. <laughs> Uh, all right. So that's our feedback for today. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. Yeah. So Unless you're shy. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take uh, a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Virgin Beer Company out of Carlsbad, California. Hang in there. You're listening to the session.
Hey, this is Brendan from Central Coast Brewing. You're listening to the session on the Brewing. Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And as promised, we are talking with Virgin Beer Company in the studio today. They came all the way up from Carlsbad, California, which, um, you know, in an, if you're on another continent, it would be about four countries away, if you think about it. That's how large the state of California is. That uh, Think about that. If we, yeah. were in, if we were in Europe, Carlsbad, we, we would have had to cr- cross, you, you'd have gone from like... Uh, Paris through fucking Holland through Belgium all the way to, right before yeah. you ever got to Carlsbad. <laughs> so I kind of it'd be point- very arid too on your way down the five and yeah. Uh, first of all, welcome uh, uh, Derek Van Loen and um, Anthony Tallman in the studio Nailed with us it. today. Sorry, I had to look back at my notes. Anthony, my bad. My brother's name's Anthony too, so that's why I remembered that one easy. Um, but I kind of bring that up because we we do have a lot of California breweries on the show, and in part that's because we. Like like to have in studio guests but if we were on the east coast and i was in connecticut you would be a florida brewery that's how far that's how big our fucking <laughs> exactly. you see what i'm saying so it's almost like having a different region on even though it's still california well, what do you guys think do you guys you know you're from down there do you think there's a big difference between like the bay area and then southern do you call it southern california you call yeah. it like san diego well here? yeah we don't like to be uh gang up with la by any means but um yeah, Southern California. I, you know, I actually grew up with family all over Northern California, so it's always been um, a short hop for me to come up here five, six times a year on a normal basis. Um, so for me, it feels close. It's yeah. you know, home away from home. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I road trip a lot, so I don't. Yeah. I don't mind the distance at all, even though we did fly this trip. But uh, we're just used to it on the West Coast too. Yeah. You know, like because it is still yeah. the same state. Like I get that too. But I'm just saying, it's far distance wise. Well, once the high speed rails in, we'll be fine. We'll be there in like <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. You, it's silly. First of all, you won't be alive. I will not be alive, <laughs> and I won't be far behind you. You know, <laughs> at that. Uh, they almost made it. Yeah. So, how long has Burgeon Beer Company been in, in business? Uh, we're about two and a half years. We opened in December of 2016. Okay. All right. And uh, celebrated a grand opening January of 17 and then carried on with the anniversaries each year in January. So, I think that that takes a lot of balls to open a brewery two years ago. And not only that, and I'll get to the bottom of that, but like... But where you are in Carlsbad, too, in the San Diego, Carlsbad area, a lot of breweries. Um, I talked to the head of the uh, Tom McCormick, who yeah. runs the California Craft Brewers Association. He came here a year or two ago, I guess a couple years ago now, talking about this place. And I had said to him, you know, there was a moment I had to choose. Is the Brewing Network going to open a brewery or would we open a tap room? And we chose tap room mostly because we... Well, we interview brewery. We interview you all of the time, and we market you guys. And felt like, well, let's not compete. Let's mm-hmm. we'll just sell all the beer that we, you know, the interviews you talk to. But the other one was that I was kind of terrified. I felt like I had missed the boat. I felt like there's so many breweries out there now. Um, and and Tom kind of agreed. He said, if you don't have just a killer story or a killer something, it's a hard market to make it in. Um, so did you did you were you fearful at all about it being 2016 and you're going to be kind of another brewery on the block? I think we kind of got to that point because the real estate game took us a lot longer than we ever anticipated. I to think find the right spot, to, yes. just to find a space that worked and, and find a landlord that was willing to work with us. Yeah, um, yeah. In a location we wanted to be in, in an area we thought would you know do well for us. But um, I, I think we kind of hit that mark where it was like, okay, shit, we just really need to get a space and get this going. Okay. Um, yeah. So planning started. 2012, you know, and uh, we're 
craft beer is still picking up pretty quick then. It wasn't it, you weren't seeing closures in San Diego, and it's still on a, a pretty good rise. And we were confident. But by the time you get your business plan in, you get your your funds uh, all together, and and you know get the ball rolling, the stuff built, it's it takes some time. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. We had the same, you know, we were looking just for a second location for the hop grenade in California, all, all around Northern California. And we had the same trouble just finding a spot like where, A, that a landlord would, would, would work with us or that another either taproom or brewery wasn't opening a block away right. already. Like that was happening a ton. And we ended up going to Colorado to try something new because um, we just got, t- it was taking too long. Like we yeah. kind of got fed up too and we thought, well, we got to get on with this, you know. So, but you found a good spot that you love now. Yeah, we found a great spot. I, I think we kind of shifted gears. I mean, we were initially looking at getting something a little bit more in a densely populated area, a little bit more of a retail location where it would have been a smaller brewing space, mm. um, not quite the ability to grow into it as much as we can now with the building we did end up with. Um, but yeah, we just we hit that mark where it was like, okay, it's been like almost a year looking for a space and we just need to get this thing going. Sure. Um, and honestly, it worked out great. We went through a few properties where the landlords just, you know, ended up pulling our leg on something and uh we kind of fell into this space because we were looking at a building on the same street across the street in a different business park and basically stumbled upon this place and the property manager was on site the day we stopped in to just look at it she knew she had a tenant leaving at the end of july in 2016 Mm -hmm. and this was april of 2016 when we came across this um so we were able to get a lease signed which allowed us to then get all the city crap going get the abc permitting going so we had a lot of time that we weren't paying rent to start taking care of, you know, the paperwork side of things. That's a good thing. Um, and it was a huge help to just allow us to get open a lot quicker, I think, and save money. So what size brew house were you able to put in that one then? Uh, so we have a 15-barrel brew house. We started with one 15-barrel fermenter and three 30-barrel fermenters. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have seven 30s, a 15, two 60s, two 30 brights, and a 60 bright. Wow. You've grown up. Yeah. yeah wow. Quick. A lot faster than we expected. <laughs> quick yeah. two years. That's, That's exciting. Always, yeah. You know, it, so. it only goes two ways now. <laughs> Either you're out of business or you grow faster than you ever expected. I yeah. don't think I've ever heard anything in between <clears throat> yep. in the craft beer in this in this studio, right? That's just the way it goes. Was was 15 barrel your, your plan or did you just do that based on the building? Um, that was kind of our plan from the beginning. I think we were probably considering a 10 barrel earlier on when we were looking at, you know, a smaller, more of a retail location space. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we would have outgrown anything we were originally looking at by now, by far. Okay. But you have a lot of flexibility with 15 barrel. You can do smaller batches. Yeah, you don't, you're not, like, exactly. you know, building okay. up your we big knew, tanks. Yeah, we knew 30 was too big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of major production facilities now are, are even on a 30, and they're producing a, a heck of a lot of beer. Sure. Um, <clears throat> we didn't see ourselves getting to be a small regional brewery. Um, beer's kind of moved. Everyone wants hyper-local. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we kind of anticipate... No maximum about fifteen thousand barrels out of out of where we're at. So, okay. Yeah. There's some kind of yeah. There's 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 a number whatever that may be that's the comfort zone I think for us. What if you reach that number, and and you're just you know it's steady and you know you could sell more beer if you could produce more beer. Are you against growing up farther than than a hyper local? You know, will you say no? We're fine. It's just where we're going to stay, or, or would you rethink? that and maybe become a larger regional we, we've kind of talked about it and uh it would probably be like brew pub moves you know find a, a restaurant brew pub a few more locations, more locations that's a great idea smaller 
you yeah. know, uh, more R&D opportunities, um, but continue that neighborhood feel, you know, instead of trying to push stuff across the country. Sure. Yeah. I think it's easier in some ways to do that, too. You still have to find the right location. That, the real estate's but the hard already, part. Yeah. 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 But if you already have a name, I guess, exactly. is what I'm saying, then yeah. people are like... Oh, sweet. I don't have to drive 20 miles. I can now drive five miles to the one that's closer to me, right? You're, right. So, you're, you're able to split your audience then because you have enough of an audience, mm-hmm. right? So I wish you luck with that. You have one location now? Yeah, we do. Two years, one location. And you're still just growing into that one, though. So right now, you're not, you're not searching the market for no, another spot. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw your pictures on the internet. I mean, the, the bar looks amazing. It does. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, do you guys uh, have food trucks or... Um, that's, Daily, yeah. Yep. Uh, every day but Monday. <clears throat> Monday's uh, a little bit of a slower crowd, but um, yeah, food trucks when they show up. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh, it. We, yeah, right. we've that, we, yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you knows mean. How that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing all the time? So oh, yeah. at your place too? Uh, it was until we kind of switched our idea, but yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's like uh, quick call somebody, you know? Yeah, which never gets you anywhere. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're like you're panicking the whole time, yeah. and then you're making... a tap room manager deals with that all the time. Oh uh, yeah. How'd you guys meet? <clears throat> yeah, there's, I, I, and there's I, three of you partners. Yeah. Right? yeah, so Matt's Matt's the third that's missing tonight. Uh, we all went to high school together. Oh, you did. Okay, kind of grew up together. Uh, Derek and I homebrewed together for almost ten years, and went to Cal State San Marcos, and that was when we got serious about making beer. And I got hired at Stone and worked there uh, okay. for about three and a half years, and um, you know just took in as much as I possibly could, and hmm. ventured off to a couple other breweries, and then uh, finally was at a brew pub. Basically, the two and a half years we were kind of in the process of planning our space. Was was it always the plan for the three of you? In other words, is that why you took the brewing job to do this, or you just wanted to brew anyway and you'll see what happens? Um, I would have just wanted to brew anyways and see what happens, but I think early on him and I just got so hooked on homebrewing mm-hmm. that we knew we were kind of destined to go down this road. Um, so we were really close in high school and, and friends with Matt, but kind of like amongst the bigger group of friends type of thing. And so we all kind of went our separate ways for school or for college. And then Matt came back from Santa Barbara and his territory for sales was where I was brewing at the time. And so we kind of like rekindled our friendship and, and he calls me one day and, you know, kind of gives me the spiel. And I had been, you know, talked to by a few other people about getting something going and hmm. kind of blown smoke and you know, that like, happens. all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you for a beer. I'll listen to what you have to say and we'll see, you know, see how that goes. And, and he was serious about it and he had already reached out to friends and family members to see if there was an interest in, you know, fundraising the project. And that was when I basically said, all right, I'm, I'm ready to move forward, but you know, Derek's involved if we're doing it. So, okay. It's kind of how that happened. That's great. I'm glad. So I stopped taking those meetings. So word to the wise, don't do the Crosley plan. I was like, it's so fucking annoying. Like everyone's, everyone's got a great idea. Everyone's got money, right? And it never goes past that. And I'm like, I would take them all the time. Oh, sounds great. Sounds great. And at first, you know, I'd get a little excited, like in the early years. After a while, I was always just like, yeah, well, you know where to find me. Never. I remember Nico and I like showing up at a meeting for, it was like a pitch session with some guy who was like a dot-com guy early on. And I was like, and we were like totally hungover. We, I mean, it was at the point right now where we didn't even like, you know, it was just, all right, here's another one. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You have to ask like, you know, a thousand people to get one person to respond. And every time they like, it comes time to write the check, everybody gets like, (laughs) (laughs) I got to talk to my wife. I got to talk to my partner. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. We want to buy a sofa. We can't do this. (laughs) Right. So, but you know what? This is don't get too frustrated too quickly. So, good job. You know, you ended up where you are now. A couple a couple of years later. So, Anthony, you brew. Uh, why don't you tell us about the the beer that's in our glass right now? 
Yeah, so Clever Kiwi is the first beer we're sipping on. Uh, there's no fruit in this beer because that name tends to confuse a lot of people, unfortunately. Sure, yeah. The Kiwi reference is purely because there's Nelson Sauvin hops in it. Um, so it's uh, we make two Pilsners. One of them is more traditional German-style Pilsner. We use the same yeast strain on both. Um, this beer is a Keller Pils, so we don't biofine it, which we do on a lot of our clear West Coast beers. Okay. Um, and then after the lagering phase, we do a small about a half pound per barrel dry hop of Nelson on this beer. Wow. Um, just to kind of give it a nice twist from, from our traditional German pills. Yeah. And we're only on like the second or third batch of it and it's, it's doing really well. So, um, it's nice. What yeast are you using? Uh, we use Augustiner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got a really nice clean profile to it. It's uh, it's a pretty easy, easy yeast strain to work with. You know, we're looking into hopefully expanding our lager program and maybe doing a little, a little bit more of a hoppy lineup with, with that yeast strain. Cause it tends to, it seems to do well with, with the dry hop like on this beer it's really nice it's really crisp it's still ha- it's got great hop aroma and it's got some nice hop finish there in the flavor so it's like it's, it's lights out thank you yeah we've, very drinkable uh, we've used a handful out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> we've used a handful of different uh lager yeast and uh this one by far is is the cleanest from from our techniques and what we've we've been able to produce okay um, and you know uh you do a norm, do you do like a traditional lager? Like are we, we talking we six yeah. weeks or something yeah, here? It's four, oh, wow. four seven weeks. week beer. Yeah, yeah, it's a seven week beer, um, at least four weeks. It's about that. a two week yeah. primary, then we take about a week to kind of slowly step the temp down and then we'll we'll hold it at forty degrees for almost four weeks. Nice. And last week fully drop it down. Okay. I was just talking to uh, a brewer who does a lot of contract brewing. And he likes, you know, traditional styles. And he was like, yeah, man, a lot of these breweries are coming in. And they're like, yeah, no, our lager, two weeks. It'll be good. Two weeks. I literally <laughs> had someone text me today, and he's like, I used to turn it in 21 days. I'm like, hey. I've, good for you. Have fun. Yeah. You used to make bad lagers. What's <laughs> <laughs> it taste like in 21 yeah. days? Yeah. yeah, and I kind of noticed there, there, we peaked with the warm lagers, and I think everyone's kind of realizing that it didn't. You could rush a beer out, sure, but mm-hmm. it didn't make it. I'm not enjoying beer. the sulfur here. Right. Yeah. Right. Please move along. So I appreciate well, that. There's a, there's a, there's a, a lean towards more traditional loggers now in the craft sphere yeah and i appreciate that from everybody well and of course you, we refer to it here like as the tasty method tasty would talk about it a lot a lot with home brewers being able to shorten it and i will say this i think that some methods that would produce um, at least a decent and sometimes very good lager in a short term got loggers into craft beer drinkers hands and whereas yeah. they couldn't before because no one could afford to do it or wanted to spend the time to do it. So that kind of shortened method, I feel like a, like a gateway drug, right? Like it got some loggers into craft breweries' hands. And now, though, like JP's saying, I like that, uh, that many of you are going back to like, well, now we can take a little time on this. Yeah. Well, they're actual yeah. loggers. I mean, that yeah. was that was you part of the thing. It. Right. Like yeah. they, weren't, they weren't producing loggers mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment, though. Yeah. I mean, you tie up a tank that long where you kind of turn and burn it. And sure. And some can't afford to do it still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been I mean, like I said, doing two, which are constantly both are in tanks. Um, it's been a little bit of a struggle for us because we also didn't really know how this beer was going to do, and it's done really well, which is great. That is great. But just the scheduling and production side of committing to two full-time Pilsners, is it's been a little daunting. Sure. Yeah. Well, look, if you don't have the tank space, everybody knows the formula on how to make money in craft beer. You steal IP, and you make a hazy beer with it, and that's what you do. It works. Yes. Every time. Turn Can the beer two days after ferment and you're done. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you had experience with this, sir? Yes. Have you seen this somewhere? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I own multiple Twitter accounts that talk about this. Yes. Maybe you're fans of them. Maybe you're fans of them. Maybe you have heard about them. <laughs> I think one of the reasons that this beer is doing well for you is the choice of Nelson. 
And I bet it's night and day from your your other pills. You're, you're using it, yeah, very, very much so. Right. And I was saying to Sully before the show because I was already drinking it. And I really liked it. Um, I feel like Nelson's like a love it or hate it hop. And not everyone. I talk about it. I like it all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of rare that someone answers me back. Yeah, me too. That's my that's my jam. I love Nelson. Um, are you using it with any other hop, or is it straight Nelson? The Kettle and Whirlpool Edition has some German Saphir, which we also do mm. use in our other Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Whirlpool gets a little bit of Nelson, and then Dry Hop Strictly Nelson. Nice. So, yeah, we were just fortunate to get a nice New Zealand contract. I was just down there in April for hop selection, which was such oh, wow. a fun trip. Um, and, you know... Honestly, the inspiration, one of the big inspirations for this beer uh, was not only, you know, for us growing up drinking Alpine Nelson, mm-hmm. um, but we loved Shift that F- New Belgium used to brew. Oh, yeah. I and remember it was, that It beer. was a, it was a Nelson that? Pale yeah. Lager, yeah. and it, when that beer came out, him and I were like, holy shit. Yeah. Was, How is this not caught on? No one's doing this. And it was just something to do with the inner playing of the Nelson and the Lager strain that they were using that I we just loved about it. So yeah, that was kind of where the idea came from for this beer. It was probably a decade ahead of its time. You know? Right. Yeah, uh, four-pack of pints. Because it's Nelson gone Lager. now, yeah, too, gone. right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. anymore. Four-pack of pints, Nelson Lager, 10 years ago. Several yeah. years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right. Ahead of their time. I remember drinking that, and it was like, I was like, oh, okay. I do like New Belgian beer, too. Yeah. I love all their sour beer. I love everything uh, that they do in the barrel room. And, and, and I've you know liked a few of their regulars. But yeah, that one, too. Same. Th- in fact, I think we had it. We were in the Martinez studio back then. Mm-hmm. And I would buy that on the regular. If we didn't have in-studio guests who were bringing us free beer, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was bringing a shift in yep. for nice. a good period of time. Great looking can too, by the way. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Good. Yeah. Can guy over here. Just can check. guy. Check the box. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you guys just got a canning line recently too. Yes, oh, did. yeah. September. Dive into that. Okay. Yeah. So that's an investment also. Big investment. Um, oh, damn. It's a, it's a wonderful damn, machine. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, we, we mobile canned for about, for a, year about a, a year and a half. Yeah. So we, we started mobile canning in May of 2017, I think was the first run. Um, and we were doing about... We got up to twice a month towards the end. Twice a month, and, and that was where it was like, all right. Running the numbers, it's like, yeah, we're this is the make Time to pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, so. We did the what, what, last August, September was Cellar mm-hmm. 2 expansion. Another It was like 1,300 square feet. Um, you know, we did the whole expansion ourselves. Uh, that's where we built out for all the 60s that we're eventually going to put in the canyon line. Pretty much a small packaging hall. So Okay. Um, when you say you did the expansion yourself, we're talking about like pouring pads for... It, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, this guy did rebar, trench trains. One of our investors owns a concrete company, so he was there to assist with the you know the, the, pour. the pour day. Yeah. Nice. Um, but, I mean, this Everything guy... Was, do, you have, do you have a background in Yeah, it? my dad's a general contractor. Okay. So I worked okay. for a while. Um, How's that water draining? Great. <laughs> yeah. better, than, better than the one we better, paid someone to do. Better than the first seller that we paid someone to do. Yeah. I was going to say, like, as a partner in the business, you can't fuck that oh, up. No, no, You'll no. never live that <laughs> down, right? No. Every time there's a puddle, Anthony's like, Derek, get the squeegee. Get the squeegee. Get the squeegee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty anal about that kind of stuff. It's got to be right. Okay. And, um, it's it's a, actually there's a ton of space. It's a great space to work in. It's way better than the first seller. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking that the amount you saved on being able to do that is a good down payment on a canning line. Yeah. Like you might not or have been able to afford tanks. to do both. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So, and so you're going to have, do canning lines speak? Like, I don't, they must come in so many different sizes. Like, I know Sully's yeah. is, is massive. Yeah, right? Right. but you're, so how, I mean, who made yours? Um, we got it from PC. <laughs> good, good talk, Sully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. Sh- sh- show me yours. <laughs> I know what mine canning looks like. Line. Yours okay, okay this is getting really yeah. weird. We just met each other. Okay. Everybody just settle down in the room. Sully just dropped his canning line on the table like a log. <laughs> So they do canning like speak. Oh, who made yours? <laughs> Perfect. That's the insight and he's, experience he's, that we he's, need. He's, what do you want to say? Up. He's just getting back wanna, in the groove. I'm, I'm interested in their story. I know my. You know my. You know, I don't want to talk about my shit. <laughs> Tell us about. I'm your excited line. about their canning line for yeah. Christ's sake. Um, we went with a company out of Ohio, uh, Pneumatic Scale Angeles. They're uh, they've been in the seaming industry for probably about 100 years. They, uh-huh. They're known for the seamers. They make all the seamers for the big boys, uh, Crohn's, KHS. Um, okay. They, seemingly everybody. Seemingly <laughs> seemingly the big, you know, they're, they're in Coca-Cola, Budweiser. Uh, they're, they're doing, you know, 2,400 cans a minute, stuff like that. Damn. Way over the top. Um, they finally got in the craft game. So they've got a line called uh, CB. So they have a CB50 and a CB100. Um, it's a uh, uh, six-head filler, um, gravity filler. It, it, we run about 40 cans a minute. Um, our deals are fantastic. Hmm, that's uh, good. We're getting... You for know, not being counter-pressure. Yeah, for not being counter-pressure. We're anywhere from 15 to 20 in the tank, and we're packaging anywhere from 35 to 50. So okay. we're picking up maybe 20. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's good, and it's, you know... Give uh, for, our, for our folks at home, you know, what's a what's a low industry standard, like 50 to 60 or something? We, we shoot for below 50. Yeah, that's can. ideal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got a, a wonderful line. You can package below 15. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's... And we're talking... Talking parts per, per million, per, per billion, per billion, per billion of, of, of yeah. oxygen. Yeah. Okay. Oxygen, yeah. Um, supposedly, you're not able to taste anything under 150, is what Anton Parr says. But um, we, yeah, I don't, we don't want to be that high. Sure. And lucky for us, we don't. We're not putting our beer out for long shelf life. A lot of stuff consumed within a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and we also have contracts with all our retailers that has to be stored cold, so it helps helps it even more. Sure. But um, and that, that's the place where the you, where you the passed DO, the test. We checked your fridge. Yeah. You did <laughs> cool. everything cold. It's, it's the temp too. I, yeah, yeah, that's like the Vinny so, Chalerzo method. It's like you know, you no, you can't. Nope, nope, can't buy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pull yeah. that and be, you know, we're big we, Beachwood. Yeah, fans when we started doing, they go, oh, that's the Beachwood thing. I go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, sure, sure, we'll yeah. claim that. <laughs> yeah, with with Russian River, they actually have they have to truck it in themselves to the coal box. Oh, like, yeah, they can't we, just, we make our, our drivers and delivery guys do. Okay, pull everybody else's shit out. You don't leave it out. Even seeing us do it is not okay like they have to do it and then and then we just take it up no i'm kidding <laughs> put it next to the furnace they're gone no we would we, we would never but the but the the shelf life is where the do is really a problem right if, if you have high numbers because the oxidation just happens over time and temp yeah yeah so uh the time is shortened with higher temps right uh, okay, so so these fifty, sixty. Well, if you're below fifty and you're moving through beer in a couple weeks, yeah, no, nobody cares, no, right? Exactly. Well, okay, it shouldn't be noticeable. It shouldn't that be noticeable. Fast. You shouldn't be able to tell. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did okay. you notice it with the mobile canner without naming their name? Um, we never we never tested. it. We weren't canning so much that it was a problem that it was sitting around, mm-hmm. but we also didn't have the ability to check it. Okay. So every now and then we'd run some cans over to Pizza Port. They're but their uh, production facility is about two miles east of us. And but if they didn't run them immediately, it's an inaccurate run yeah. right. number. You know, so if we took them over, say, oh, we could do it tomorrow, took over the next day, it was always between twenty and thirty. That's a that's a false. Reason. Yeah, you never know. You Got to do it immediately. It had to yeah. be done. You got to be right off the line. Calculate the headspace. Yep. But I mean, now that you brought up the mobile canner, that was uh, you know, aside from the financial side of things and us getting to the point where we were able to commit to the line, it was also the. 
pulling out your fucking hair when you're watching the fifth, you're, you're the fifth canning operator lead show up that you've never met before, and, mm. and you're going, what is going on here? Plus, they're really right. popular. They're great for uh, small craft brewers, um, and but you have to schedule them way out from what I understand. Yeah. I mean, about a month, and then you know, either beer's been in the tank too long, or it's not ready all the way. Right. You know, and it's it's a dance the whole time, and we were getting tired of it. Yeah, you're really sure. controlling your own destiny that yeah. way. Yeah, so it sounds like it wasn't even like a quality problem with them. It was just cost and then it, that it's a pain in the ass. Scheduling, timing, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, most, you know, they, they do provide a good service and, and they, they can they can package beer at absolutely perfectly fine mm-hmm. for what is intended, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're trying to build a brand and and be consistent, mm-hmm. you really need to do it yourself. So when you guys make expansions like this and the, and all the tank space that you added, are you able to do this with your own cash flow, or do you kind of got to go back to the bank? What are you guys doing here? We fortunately have not gone to a bank for any money. Okay. Um, the expansion, the line, the tanks, and everything's been paid outright. All for. Yeah. That's oh, great. Well. So you just wait until you're you can afford the next expansion, great. basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You, you have drug your money. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. <laughs> right. Drug Beer's money. Drug. Close to the border. Right. Yeah. We're called Escobar Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everything's done in cash only. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we got one more beer in our glass before the break. Um, it's a pale ale. Tell us about this beer. So this is a West Coast pale ale, even though there is a slight haze to it, JP. Slight. Um, <laughs> but we, see that sideways <laughs> glance he just did? You, like, like well, a little, like, I, was, I was telling Derek before the show, I go, we're not doing any hazy beers because I know that we're not. We're going to go into that conversation if we do. Yeah. Uh, I we, like we, we do make them. But um, so this is a West Coast pale. We use the same yeast strain we use on any of our West Coast IPAs. Um, we just dose the biofine at a lesser rate on this beer. Um, really light grain bill. It's a mix of two row and Pilsner, and it is strictly Simcoe in the Whirlpool, and then it's a dry hop of Simcoe and Citra. Okay. So the haze, even though it has some, some haze to it, there's nothing New England about this nothing. beer. Nothing. It doesn't um, have any of that mouthfeel. You weren't going for any of that. It's no. Just, no. Um, tried to keep the grain bill really light, you know, just focus on the hops. It's it's really more of a small IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, him and I personally love to have pale ales in our rotation. We're yeah. big pale ale drinkers. Thank you for that. Um, What's the weight on the dry hop? Is, Simcoe, is there more the, Simcoe? This, it's 50-50. The, it? There's more Simcoe overall, yeah. um, but the dry hop is f- actually citra heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I think about it, it's about two-thirds citra to one-third Simcoe. About a two-pound per barrel dry hop on this one. Um, we think that a lot of the haze on any of our beers really is polyphenol driven so mm. when we recirc our dry hops which really you know promotes that um we're actually looking at using a different kettle finding agent that'll hopefully strip out more of that um on the back end something that pizza ports recommended to us so okay you know we we have beers that we fully intend to be completely clear and we kind of fight that with the way we are what our dry hopping so you're spinning are. your tanks is that what you said we do yes yeah. for what for the the biofine or for just to get both more hop actually oh wow okay. um so we add the biofine when we add the hops we just you know run co2 through the spray ball we'll open up the top getting it in real quick um We'll burst CO2, burst the tank at the end of the day we added the hops, and then the next day we would come in, burst the tank again, run, um, depending on the tank size, 30 minutes to two hours of a recirc, and then chill the tank at the end of the day. So it's 24 hours. Do you, have you ever, well, since you're chilling it so quickly, but have you ever seen like um, any sort of hop creep 
or in sort of like re-fermentation? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's... We have too. Yeah. Um, we have... It's like everybody's like coming clean now. Mm. Have you had that problem too? We, we I've had that problem. did an intentional experiment and dry hopped a West Coast beer at 70 degrees and it was the most foul smelling thing I've <laughs> ever smelled. For days. It, it took like, us a week to get yeah. this thing to clean up yeah. to where we were comfortable packaging it or chilling the tank to, to move it along. Um, yeah, so we dry hop a lot of our beers at 50 which has eliminated knock on wood that problem for us that's good um we're trying to run more experiments and see if we can get that temperature a little bit warmer for the dry hop um but yeah i'm you know i got to the point where i was losing fucking sleep yeah it'll happen it'll keep happening by the way Um, (laughs) pat from uh, alpine actually was visiting our brewery and he gave me the idea of spinning tanks and so we did that and we put out this uh, double ipa called blah 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 and it stayed in the tank for like 30 it was just an ipa it's like uh for 30 actually 38 days it would not it it, it, like it started re-fermenting and like you know Mm -hmm. the diastole kicked up we measured it was too high and we had a going away party for this beer we literally had a cake for it and all this and so uh i mean it was a good idea idea but i think with larger tanks was probably a little bit of a challenge with that it was just uh i mean i love pat but he it didn't yeah steered me wrong there. well let me ask you this though so if you okay if your fix for that is well we're just going to dry hop uh cooler than 50 so it never really has the chance to referment don't you run the risk then though of it doing it on the shelf later so yeah, if the beer ever warms up before I drink it, at any point from the time it leaves your building to the time, I, even if I'm the asshole who does that to it, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, there's a lot of diacetyl in Burgeon's beer. Like, could it? Do you see what I'm saying? Could it come back when it warms up? I think there's the potential for it, but I think you know we do a pretty diligent job of making sure without filtering we're mm-hmm. getting as much of the yeast out as we possibly can mm. um but you know clearly because we have experienced hop creep in a tank there's still some level of yeast residual yeast in the beer yeah um we yeah. haven't seen it do that yet though we haven't seen it do yeah, that luckily. in our cans yeah. but that's also part of the you know storing it cold aside mm-hmm. from you know just that's the proper way to treat beer yeah um no, and I'm saying, like, yeah, this isn't your fault, but the consumer doesn't, like, some consumer who doesn't know shit about hop creep, which, right. by the way, is everybody, yeah. uh, is just going to, like, <laughs> I'm just asking if it's possible. Because I like what you're doing. Okay, now we don't have to keep it in a tank for an extra two weeks, right? Right. I just would hate for it to come back. I'm just curious about that. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. think it's a possibility, and we have heard of that happening um, mm-hmm. to other breweries and canned beer specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, fortunately, we haven't experienced it. So it's, now, also, it's also time and crash time. You know, I, I feel like um, once you do crash it all the way, I mean, you don't need to rush to either carbonate or transfer it. Mm-hmm. Just get everything to drop out as much as possible. Okay. I, I, you, have a, you have a far better chance of not having that happen. But. Okay. So with this beer, with this pale ale in particular, you're talking about doing a different fining method so that it's even clearer. But don't, from a sales perspective, if the haze isn't affecting the flavor, right, it's not turning it into a New England, um, I think it tastes great, just like it is. Do you think you'd be shooting yourself in the foot a little bit from a marketing perspective if you made this super clear? Like, even though it's not a milky, hazy beer, at right. least someone goes, oh, that one's hazy, I'll take it. I would say that um, that fining agent that I was referring to, I wouldn't necessarily emphasize trialing that on this beer because mm. we aren't as concerned with getting this to be really bright. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we do make a couple other core beers. Um, one of the beers we'll get to eventually, Trevon, is our core West Coast, and that's more so the beer that I would want to trial that. Got it. Okay. All right. This beer is great. A lot of like, uh, not just the normal citra notes, but uh, pineapple. And that was like the first uh, note that I got really strong. Um 
Yeah, it's very tropical. Paleo. Yeah, it is tropical. It's got a little stone fruit in there too. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It's uh, yeah, I like got it. nice bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's crushable. It's very so crushable. Oh, try and make them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good malt sweetness, too. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the hazy part. I don't know if you know that. Oh, hazy, fuck. I hate it. Like, <laughs> God damn it. You know what I want is the brute version of this. <laughs> I can vomit. Well, we've got wow, more beer to try, um, which I'm excited about. And also, I, I want to learn about some of the um, uh, environmental efforts that you guys are doing because, um, you know, I've had a lot of breweries come in here and say, well, we're, we're kind of into this and we kind of do that. Um, but they're always a little vague. And in reading through my show notes, you guys are, are very much committed to the, the environmental programs. And in fact, you've raised uh, quite a lot of money and, and planted quite a lot of trees. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of that with Burgeon and we're going to try more of their beer. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Gabriel from Half Acre in Chicago. You're listening to The Session on The Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And we are still talking with Virgin Beer Company out of Carlsbad, California. You can go to virginbeer.com. That's virginbeer.com and check it out. they got a great website. Um, you can even see photos of the fellas. Or you can watch them on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to see what's happening in the studio, just go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash brewing network. And all of our shows are showing up there now. Great camera work and all. So, it is great. Yeah. What, what the name come from? Did we ask that question? No, it's a good question. No, but I would like to point out that we appreciate you pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, we've trouble. gotten quite yeah. a few uh, Bergen, variations. Oh. Bergian. Bergeron. Ber- virgin. We get a lot of virgin. Yeah. Well, it's derived like from like burgeoning, like if you were a burgeoning exactly. brewery, exactly. right? Yep. Okay. So tell us about that. What does that mean to you? Um, we actually struggled with a name for quite some time. Um, and until we... Uh, signed the lease, we didn't go to register our trademark because we didn't have an address to send it to. So it was a whole process of uh, a last-minute name choice. We actually, on paper, are Abstract Aleworks, LLC, according to the state of California. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but there is a winery in Napa that makes a wine called Abstract. So okay. um, our trademark lawyer said, if that's what you guys want to go with, you, I'm not going to help you out. You're on your own. Cause, oh, he yeah. said it's just yeah. ain't going to happen. She goes, you got no chance. Yeah, they've been in, they've been using it. They've already got a trademark. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so we went back to the drawing board. Um, we were trying to find a name that expressed uh, who we are and what we wanted to do mm-hmm. and where we came from. So local boys um, wanted to build a business and grow with it. And um, you know, virgin was a word that surprisingly hasn't been used in the brewing industry at all. Yeah. Whether it be a beer name or anything, um, was wide open and, and it, it was kind of cool. It's it creative, uh, somewhat artistic, something a little more sophisticated, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people assume it was somebody's last name just cause that's a lot of default, uh, yeah. brewery names. Yeah. Um, like 21st amendment. Yeah. <laughs> Sean 21. That was my middle name growing yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where we landed. Yeah. So what did you, how, what was the problem? I was interested in cause it's always, it's maddening to come up with a name. Were you just looking through the dictionary? Were you just sitting up drinking beers and throwing out names? And what was the process? Yeah, it was a lot of emails and text messages back and forth for probably months until um, you know you, you you look up things that are that are that you're trying to display yourself as or express yourself. Um, synonyms are just a huge thing. We use yeah. that for a lot of beer names. You know, well, what mm-hmm. can we get to express this without using that word exactly? Um, 
and it was just one morning. I actually text. I tried to text Anthony and Matt in a group, and I ended up texting like four other people in another group message. And I type that, <laughs> and then somebody responds with with the actual definition. I'm going exactly, <laughs> right, perfect, right. And I had to send it to him, but yeah. I, so to me, that is this is one of those names that if I were your partner, if I were on that group text, I would have ignored you. I would have been like, <laughs> but. Because it just—I'm just trying to think of it on its own. It's—it's yeah. it's no good yeah. to me on its own, and that's yeah. how you think of the, about those in the beginning because you almost don't even have a. Well, you have no background yet, right? Right. right. But now, like, I—I I read your story. I read through your notes. I read about the, the programs that you're involved in, and it's a great name. So I would have—I would have been that partner that fucked up and said no to that name. <laughs> I think it's a fitting name for yeah, you guys. Well, now. You, you couldn't just do the name without having it. With everything that we've done, so you've got you yes. to have a fully encompassed in what it is, yeah. and, it, and it really backs the name up, and that's that's. Yeah, but done. you probably get like name numb, numbed. You know, you're you like do. you're like over and over. You're like, yeah, that sucks, that sucks, and even like it'd be a good name, and you're like. You know, you're just like I don't know anymore. I mean, yeah, they, they're they're very mind. difficult. There are some names that are just great names on their own, like Hop Grenade, like <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like whether it be a band or a brewery, like it doesn't matter. It's just a cool name, right? right? Yeah. There are others that have to have context. Um, there are others that are so complicated that they're awful until they grow on you. I mean, and then I think what Sully is saying too, you do just get fatigue after a minute. Yeah, you know, every name, and especially like right now, you touched upon it. It was like hey, there's. So many craft breweries, so many beer names. You're like, you'd Google search, you're like, ah, crap, there's a brewery in like North Carolina that's using us or something like that. Or there's like 14. You come up with a beer name, you think you're a genius. Right. And, <laughs> oh, there's already 14 of them. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. Well, let's talk about the first beer in our glass, the Trivana IPA, and then I think we can, you know, lead into some of the environmental programs you guys are doing too. But tell us about this IPA. Yeah, so Trivana has, on its own, um, kind of taken that flagship role for us. It's by far our best-selling beer, tap room or distribution. Um, it was, you know, what drove us and allowed us to get that first 60 barrel tank in the door. Um, that tank's been dedicated to that beer and only that beer. Hmm. Um, lighter malt bill. We, we use Rarturo for most of the bases on our beers, especially the hoppy stuff. Has a about 2% of like a C10 crystal in there, so there is a little bit of crystal malt. Um, we're pretty big fans of Weirman's Carafoam for nice foam stability and head retention. Okay. And then it's a uh, 50-50 ratio of Mosaic and Amarillo in the Whirlpool, mm-hmm. and then the dry hop is about 75-25 Mosaic to Amarillo. Okay. That's so, a great IPA. Wasn't the first IPA we brewed, and... Um, I don't even know why we made this beer, honestly, at this point. But um, it, you got to make something up. I right. mean, it's a straight West Coast IPA. Yeah, yeah, I, I would yeah. guess you're just you love a West Coast IPA, and you were like, give me some of your favorite West Coast IPAs, for example. Well, and so I love Beachwood Amalgamator, and and Great really, one. when we package this fresh, I try to find as fresh as possible a can of amalgamator because i think it's the closest thing to it so it's kind of nice to do a little bit of a side by side um when we brewed with them recently they brought some cans up of it and they were both canned within like two or three days of each other so it was kind of fun to sit down and have that experience um that's one of i'm glad you mentioned that one because that's one of the only uh ipas i'll still i'll still drink instead of i mean i drink IPAs, but if there's a pale ale on i always order that or if there's an amalgamator, I might have that one. And this one, I would too, for the same reason. It has a, uh, it's a, it's a firm bitterness in a West Coast IPA, but it's so well rounded that it just doesn't beat me up. It's kind of like a super hoppy pale ale at the yep. same time, you know. And that's how we've almost designed all of our IPAs. We don't, we don't do any bittering. Um, only kettle hops. 
for the most part, are all Whirlpool. Whirlpool. And yeah. they're even they're cooler Whirlpool, temp, Whirlpool temps for West Coast beers. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's all about just getting the oils and the flavor. You know, mm-hmm. the, the bitterness is it's it's nice to have a little bit for balance, but you know when it when it takes over the beer and it and it just coats the tongue, it's it's just not what we've ever wanted. We've, but we've, it's there. It's there, and it has to be there. It has to be yeah. there. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be sweet. It has to be there. And in fact, so I always feel dumb about how late I am to learn things. But when we just did a, a show with with Russian River and. Um, Vinny kind of called me on it. He called me on an off air actually. When when I and oh, other wow. people say like I I don't I like my IPAs, but I don't like bitterness. And Vinny's like bullshit. We actually do like bitterness. You like bitterness. The people who say they don't like bitterness like bitterness. And yeah. they if they like an IPA, they like bitterness. And they like a firm bitterness. Um, there is bitterness there. There are IBUs there. Yeah. The difference is all of the other things you're talking about, all of the flavor and the aroma and all of that. It's just helping and and it's backed up by bitterness. But me and others have started to claim, well, no, it's just the flavor and aroma that I like. And that's just not true. If it were only that and no bitterness, this beer would be shit. Like yeah. it just yeah. wouldn't oh, be yeah. right. So um, anyhow, I just like I I was like, thank you, Vinny. I'm still learning these things. You're, <laughs> you're right. I like bitterness. I should stop telling people I don't like bitterness because it's not true. Yeah, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned the pale ale thing. Um, so this beer has never done well for us in an American IPA category in a competition, Interesting. and it's because it doesn't have the. F- more firm bitterness more push that yeah. they're looking for when they judge those beers. Okay. Um, so for the first time ever, I put it in the American Strong Pale category at the LA International, and we got a gold. So, nice. Um, nice. Um, there I you go. Very well. I very much believe that it is more in the realm of that type of a beer than. Um, Does anybody market uh, an American Strong Pale Ale? Like, the, like are those are just competition categories only? The only right? places that we ever drank them at was Pizza Port because I mean. Uh, you know, till the day I die, that'll be one of my favorite breweries, and that's what you know. A lot of our influence came from. Um, but you can go to their brew pubs, and you'll actually see American Strong Pales on their lineup. Really, they don't yeah. package anything out of the, out of the uh, main facility, right? That's branded as that. Yeah. Um, but you can still go to all the brew pubs, and and some of them are making what they're calling American Strong Pale Ales. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I think the Amalgamator has an even more pronounced bitterness, and, well, and maybe so that too. does well in the yeah, West Coast IPA still, category because of bitter. it. Yeah, they still do a, a true they do. bittering addition, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this has a bitterness to it, but it also has a really pronounced like hop flavor. It's almost like spicy, mm-hmm. um, which I think you're, is sort of like seems like it would be it, it tastes a little bit bitter because of the spiciness. Yeah, um, a little peppery spicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm switching to that after this one. After I still got to finish my my Sauvin lager. You like that one, don't you? I do. I like it. But that's my third one of those. And I always do this. <laughs> this is what I do all the time. If the beers from the brewery are good. So listeners always ask how they can know if the beers of our guests are good. This is not a way that listeners We're can tell. We're on the air, by the way. This is a way our, <laughs> that guests can tell. So if you're a guest who's going to come on the show, I will always try beers before you guys ever get here. Uh, and it's, if, if they're on tap, uh, right. because we can't open all the cans. But I will always try them. And if I've had, if I stick with that, if I open the show with one of your beers, I'm like in. I love your beers. And then I'm always just waiting for what my second one to switch to is. And that's my second one to switch to. If your beers are just decent. 
Jason, I'm like drinking, you know, Heretic or 2NA or something when you come on the show. <laughs> I, I wait to drink your beers. So it's not that they're bad. It's just like they're not, they're not ones that I want to crush. That's right. all. They're right. never bad. All the breweries that, that come on the show are very good. But That's true. it's whether or not I want to crush them. And the, your beers are, are oh, shit, dude. We're, we are Thank very you. SoCal this yeah. show. Crushing. Crushing, crushables. <laughs> crushing dude, wave, yeah. wave, Southwest ride, Airlines. Ride the crush wave. Yeah, Let's yeah, go, yeah. dude. Crush it all up into a fucking ball and throw it out the window at a well, truck. <laughs> yeah, now you're trying too hard. Yeah, now you're, you just stepped over well, the line. Well, that really trailed off. Yeah, three times and seven. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be me if I didn't get some anger in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Californians, uh, why don't we talk about some environmentalism that you guys do? That beer is called Trivana, by the way, and I don't know if that has something to do with any of the programs you're in, but why don't you tell us about what you guys do for that? We're a big fan of uh, one called Fuck the Earth. <laughs> yeah. We just don't care about it. Right. And that's what we do. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. environmental. We raised a lot of money for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know how to respond. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, he's gonna wow. Let that uh, sit there just, for a minute. just went there. <laughs> and back to Love the it. environment. Yeah. <laughs> so we've put together um, a corporate partnership this year with the National Forest Foundation. Oh, wow. Um, so a beer that we did not bring. Is, uh, there's cans of it. There is cans. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah, yeah. Not on draft, though. Not on draft. Okay. Um, it's a beer called Reclaim the Wild. Um, for every pint brewed, we donate a dollar back to the National Forest Foundation. Um, it was, it was. We were looking for something this year that that could that could allow us to really express, you know, our our ideas and how we feel about stuff, but also, um, you know, generate traction with uh, our followers and and you know get people to feel good about not only buying beer but give back to something else as well. Okay, so, yeah. that's a good cause. Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll, for us, it's it's definitely not a, a, a profitable move. It's you know we're lucky to break right. even on it. Yeah, but it, it, it really it really helps um, people feel engaged and be be a part of something greater than just purchasing beer. Sure. Um, so, what does the dollar a pint uh, do? Plants a tree. So every okay. every, every every dollar gets yeah every, a dollar of every pint gets donated back to National Forest and every dollar plants a tree in our wow. National Forest. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So at the well, end of the year, they're going to give I'm us some, add something real quick. Yeah. So um, Matt was kind of the one that took the lead on this, and one thing that we really wanted us and him to emphasize when creating this partnership was, you know, we wanted as much of it to go back into force in California as we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first 5,000 trees were going to get planted up near Paradise because of the campfire. Wow, nice. Um, so we, we were, you know, pretty strong on that. And, and you know, we want to see them do as much as they can in our area as well. Yeah. But they, when we were creating this partnership, that had just happened. So it seemed, you know, pretty much like a no-brainer decision to focus on that first That's and great foremost. Idea. You don't want to be like, hey, we can we have these down here? I mean, we really don't need them right now. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, we really need it up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no. But it's nice that you have some say in that, yeah. too. We did the same, you know, our, our beer festival here is for a local organization, but the local organization does, like, a lot of things. And one of the things it does is help with uh, children's music programs and, and music in the park right here in front of us. So I was like, if we're if you're going to be our beneficiary, I want every dollar that that the beer fest gives you to go to music and kids and music in the park. And it was nice for us to be able to have like a a direct connection like right. that, yeah. rather than sort of a faceless donation. Yeah, right? Absolutely. We, so. we were looking for the same thing, but mm-hmm. there was really nothing established in the greater San Diego area with that much power to to 
to do that. You know, I was I was looking into. I go, Matt, let's do like urban tree planting. You know, I mean, there's plenty of areas in San Diego that are, that look like crap that could use trees in neighborhoods. Yeah, but nothing was established, and yeah. for us to actually build that and and get an organization or start an organization just was a little daunting for the first time around. So you know, I bet. you know, we'll. Uh, Maybe get there, but this this was a it's it's was a smart move for us for, for this year. It's a noble effort, yeah. and yeah, a great place to start. You'll, like yeah. you said, you'll get there. You know, it's we'll just not a miracle to begin with. But you have a goal as well for how much you want to raise within the first year of this program, right? Yeah, yeah. So we committed to producing this beer for a year, mm-hmm. and we pledged to donate twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. That's a fuckload so of trees. So we just sent our first donation in, and we were almost to 7000 Got it. Wow. And then what's really cool is, um, you know, we have a lot of great relationships with great bars and restaurants in our area, and we had a lot of people run events and then match the donation, and oh. it just went right, you know, came yeah. to us and then went right back to that's great. the National Forest Foundation. So. Oh, that's really good. Every time you guys write that donation check, you're just eating McDonald's that night, right? <laughs> that's it's, a lot of money for small business. To celebrate. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, it's an awful lot. And I think. Uh, but it comes back to you in other ways. I mean, you know, it, you, you, you know, it um, speaks to your, you know, your, your mandate for your company and all that. So it's not oh. like you're just throwing it in the air. So. And I th- that'd be fun too. Make <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it rain. Make it throw rain. it in the air, dude. <laughs> we, you know, for the first two years, we. We were hit up for donations left and right, mm-hmm. as every other brewery is, and that's kind of you know part of it. And you know we were always willing to do something, but we just felt like there was a lot of donations we made that didn't really go to a cause we felt strong about. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Derek said, it's you know par- pairing up with the National Forest Foundation was um, you know we're all big outdoors people. We go camping and hiking. We surf, and it was just a, it was a better way for us to donate than yeah. some of the local local stuff that was you know we were committing to in san diego because sure. that's over- overwhelming i mean you're feeling that all the time you can just say this is what we do mm-hmm. yep which is why a lot of yeah, like larger breweries have just learned you know you have to funnel that stuff at all you fill out an application like there's a whole it's Make gone it difficult <laughs> and, and it should be that yeah, way gone yeah. are the days of hey i'm putting on a festival for charity give me beer I mean, yes. it's just not really like that anymore. And not, not only because you, you breweries are getting asked that left and right, but because you care about where that, well, what is this cause you're doing it for? Just because it's a beer fest doesn't mean it's good. Right. Like, what is the cause? Where's my beer going? So, do you guys do a lot of festivals? Yeah. I mean, we do, San but Diego, that's another thing yeah, that San Diego is a ton of we've, we've learned. Um, we probably overcommitted early on, but it was also partially just to help get our name and yep. brand awareness out there. And, and I don't think we regret doing it at the time, but now it's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. We don't have to commit 100% to every single thing that we get an email about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious if there's like festival fatigue. I mean, I've been doing it, as you can see, for a long time by the <laughs> hair and lack of it. You've been to um, a festival today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, is it, you know... Is there is it still going strong? Is there still like a festival weekend and you're just kind of cranking it out and it's like there is we uh, we try and take turns and you know give employees opportunities to you know if they want to work it or they want to go and spread mm-hmm. it out it helps everybody but uh, yeah I mean we're in festival season from here I mean, let's yeah. be real I just pick the ones I want to go to yeah. <laughs> right, right. I'm the same point. way I was going to say that a handful <laughs> I mean it's it's still one a month yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to go to. Well, and I just want to bring it back again real quick because I think what Sully said is true too. It's uh, that's a lot of money for a small business as well, and it's hard to do to 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 find that. You know, like you said, you're, you're lucky to break even on the beer, and so I'm sure you feel fortunate enough that your business is doing well enough that you can do something like that. But 
charities or, or those asking should also understand that they're fortunate, you're fortunate enough to do that. It's hard to do. We, we, we would like to do more in a lot of ways as well with our with our hop grenade locations. And uh, we got to pick and choose because, yeah. um, you know, everyone's like, oh, why don't you come just give $2 a pint or a dollar a pint? And we're like, wait, so like on Monday night, do you want like a yeah. dollar a pint? And, and I even tell them, too, I'm like, well, because it's going to be $40. Like, well, how about I just give you the 40 bucks right now? And you can <laughs> like, like, can we just do that? <laughs> you know, and, and so I just think hopefully, um, you know, uh, charitable organizations will learn as well that um, uh, it, it should be curated like the way you guys do. Right. It, yeah, and really yeah. planned out and be thoughtful for it to be successful for both parties. I agree. Absolutely. I'm so, starting a charity. Yeah. The J- starting a charitable event. The JP. Charity, what is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's a way for people to plant a tree as like so. For example, for like if you have a kid, right? I'm not going to use my kid because it's weird. But yeah. if, you have, if you have a child, <laughs> then you plant a tree. You, you you send me money and go. This is a tree is for you know Don Henley's child, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you can't touch that tree. But when that person, when your kid dies, then they harvest that tree for the kid's coffin. <laughs> right, so, so you're, you're planting your own tree, and then nobody can touch material. it. It's reserved. So, like when I die, I, then then whoever whoever is in charge of doing the thing for me, right. maybe my wife, who knows, um, <laughs> who knows, she'll have the tree cut down and harvested and made in, into my coffin. Sure. So it'll be this whole circle of life thing. So yeah, it's, that's it's full the, circle. You're gonna have a farm for I this, can, aren't you? The marketing yeah. is right. gonna be good. It's the coffins for kids. Plant a tree <laughs> foundation. Well, it's, 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 if it's I guess it would be like coffins yeah, for kids. Send over four things right now. Well, I mean, it could be for it could be for kids. That that's the problem. If you have like a high child mortality rate, then you're having little saplings, and that's not going to cover it. And then, right, right. And then you have to. But I mean, no. Eventually, they get. It. I just think that's a catchy right. name. I'm yeah. trying to help you with, with your marketing. Ca- like, oh. like it's going to force you to take care of your kids, so the tree actually grows large for the coffin. Right. And right. you go, and every year you make a pilgrimage to the to oh the my tree gosh. farm. This is the worst idea I've ever Sit heard in my life. One day, you, this will <clears throat> encompass you, or could be like uh, like 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 like. Uh, I'm checking. The website for you right now. Like, Check the URL. Like, uh, These guys are writing the, the, writing it down right now. They're, they're got their notepads out. They're scrolling no, it's, away. It's I got called, a lot of ideas. You got to give them that. You got to give uh, just, you know, JP a dollar a pint. Derek, call the lawyer. Coffins for kids is is available. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> you are right. Have to buy right now. Um, it because might be who like, on earth would ever fucking buy that? Right. Go on. It might be like 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 wombs. Excuse me. Like your final wombs. Oh my in, god. In, yeah. Oh. Entombment, but tomb is spelled womb. <laughs> Entombment. Because <laughs> oh you, you think about it, like it's. I don't want to think about it. Okay. Turn his microphone but, off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man. You know what? You shit on my ideas, but I'll tell you what. I know where I'm going to be. Essentially. <laughs> Encased in loving pine. <laughs> then, then yeah. somebody is, is this KP yeah. going through a teething baby at home right now? Is that what's <laughs> going on here? Yeah. You're like delirious. Also, like, I feel like it, it's, besides it being a terrible idea, harvesting a tree and then having that tree turned into a coffin yeah, sounds nice. incredibly expensive. Oh. No, no, we're going to get a good bulk rate. <laughs> you know how many people die every day in this fucking country? It sounds like the hands, Handmaid's Tale. It's like, you know, it's an HBO show. Like, you know, we have the ceremony. We go, I like the fact these guys are so quiet right now. We do not know how to respond. They are cringing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is worse than uh, Roger's ass. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. Well, okay, before we move on to our, our next beer, though, is there a website or somewhere that people can go to learn more about your organization, or should they just keep buying the beer? 
probably oh, just keep just buying buy the beer. beer. Yeah. Okay. And what's the beer name again for this one? Re- Reclaim the Wild. Reclaim the Wild. Okay. Yeah. And that's an IPA that you yes. guys do? Yeah. Oh, see, it could be Excellent. Reclaim the Child. That could be my, <laughs> that could be my thing because right. you're, you're, the earth is reclaiming you. True. Encased in a womb of pine. <laughs> Fresh pine. I think this is going somewhere yeah. for you. Somewhere. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Definitely. I mean, if you're looking for donations, let us know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're yeah. doing a beer fest, oddly enough. Yeah, you don't even have to go through their filtration process for this. Oh, my God, the loneliest beer fest ever. (laughs) Just me. Hi, I'm here. I'm here to donate to the Pines for children thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just got out of jail. (laughs) Right. I'm technically not allowed to be here, but it's for for a good cause. I'm on a list of 52 states. Uh, (laughs) Okay. All right. Over here. We're pouring it right here. I'm crying a little bit. 52 states. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) These aren't happy tears either. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's Tell us bad. about the Interlock IPA, which is what's in our glass now, right? Yeah. So Interlock was a collaboration beer we did with Beechwood. Oh, yeah. Um, again, one of the breweries we definitely look up to and um, love their beers. And so West Coast IPA, little double dry hop, up to the dry hop rate on this beer. Um, pretty simple grain bill, two row, and a little bit of wheat. We brewed it at our facility as well as at the Beechwood Pub in Long Beach. Um, the cool thing was kept the recipes the same, and it was just a matter of seeing you know how similar or how different the beer came out based on a you know slight difference in processes mm-hmm. and you know let alone malt and lots different hop lots and all that stuff. Uh, Strata, Mosaic, Simcoe, Simcoe Cryo, I believe in this beer. Mm. Um, we haven't got our hands on a lot of strata, but it's definitely a hop that's been on our radar, yeah. and we've had a few boxes to mess around with, and we have a, a contract for the future. But um, it's got a really cool, like, tropical kind of skunky weed thing going on. Um, mosaic, I think, is kind of enhancing that with a little bit of the dank, fruity thing that mosaic has. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, 7%, a little bit more bitterness than Trivana. Yeah. A little bit more in the Beechwood realm. Um, but Did yeah. you brew with Julian? Uh, Julian was there on the brew day, hung out for a bit, but it was more so with Gene. The, the he- Julian just descended in a cloud and came by, <laughs> blessed the beer, <laughs> playing a guitar, ready guitar. <laughs> At the top, top of Mount Baldy, spinning around yeah, with a yeah. camera. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I love Julian. I don't know if it's JP's influence on the last diatribe, but pine as well. Oh, uh, weird. In this beer. And, uh, and foreboding death. <laughs> a but. lot of, like, really nice pine. Um, earthy mosaic, not just fruity mosaic, which right, is yeah. good. Uh, you, know, you know what I've and noticed tropical. Uh, uh, across all these beers is that your your base malt flavors are, are on the sweet side. In a good way, not like an unfermented or warty way, right? But everything's dry. But there is like a sweeter Hmm. malting that I really think helps with that perceived bitterness that we're all talking about. I mean, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the late edition or whatever, but there is that little little tweak of sweet that makes it drinkable. It's not completely bone dry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if some of that sweetness is... From the hops as well. I know it sounds silly, but if you're putting a shitload of hops in, right, you get that that kind of vegetal matter mm-hmm. that is not coming across as vegetal. Thank God, otherwise we'd be criticizing yes. the beer. But I I don't know. I wonder if sometimes f- hops are adding a sweet character too. Um, 
Because your malt pill sounds pretty simple. You are using a little crystal, you said, but... This beer did not. Not even on this uh, one, yeah. Trivana had a little bit. Mm-hmm. This was just too real and might be maybe 4% white wheat. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you see what I'm saying? I don't know that it's coming from the malt. Do you think you're getting sweetness from the amount of hops you're using? I think so, and I think it may have something to do with, um, you know... A heavy focus on our whirlpool additions, okay, um, and and maybe being at that slightly lower temperature to really absorb and retain those oils um, from the hops that we're choosing. So but you you mentioned sweetness. Uh, we had a short conversation about um, uh, refermentation and hop creep, uh, but hops do have fermentables in it, so there's there's. Possibly, yeah. There's 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 a, a splash of sweetness to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's very minimal, but yeah, and in high volumes, it's could be possible. Right. You also have a little bit of astringency on the top of your tongue, and it's not uh, offensive. It I think it adds to that spiciness I was talking to mm-hmm. talking about earlier. They're all they're all so well fermented. Yeah, they're super clean. Yeah, whatever you guys, you guys know doing, what you're doing. Whatever's happening with hop creep with you guys, it's not happening. Don't worry about it. Is there or, a beer out there called the hop right creep? Uh, there must be. <laughs> Probably like be 150. Was... And we're talking about this so and much the on the BN of... right now because we're doing this new hop show too. And we did a whole topic on on hop creep with the guys from Yakima Chief. Um, and so I had just learned about it on that show, right? And so then we're getting all these follow up questions on that, and then it keeps coming up on this show. So we keep talking about it. And in fact, so. I just want to visit for a second. You're talking about hops having fermentables. Okay. And I still keep going back and forth on this because I'm just learning. And our last guest from Ghost Town was kind of saying the same thing. But my understanding is more so that the hops have enzymes that are breaking down the sugars from your malt even further. And that's the real hop creep problem. That there are, I, I think when I, because I went back and asked again, I was like, wait, are there fermentables or not? And I guess the answer is yes, there, there are fermentables in hops too, but it's it's far less than the enzymatic activity that's happening from them and breaking down sugars further that the yeast or, or didn't, or that the enzymes from the mash didn't do. Right. Yes. Yeah. Am, I, am I on the, yeah. on the yeah, right absolutely. track there? Absolutely. Yeah, they're yeah. cleaving those, like, yeah. those remaining, uh, you know, sugar chains that are still uh, left, like you said, that the yeast was unable to consume. Right, they didn't yeah, ferment yeah. the first time, yeah. Got it. Yeah. But then, so because of this last year, too, I asked, I was like, well, what about, are there fermentables, too, and is that some of the sugar? And I guess the answer is yes, but it's so unknown that we don't, like, know how much. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't know how to gauge how many fermentables are in, you know, are we add how much sugar are we really adding from hops? Like, we can't even calculate this at all. You guys just have to figure it out. We don't. We don't have the lab equipment to do so. But, well, and uh, I think even for the hop industry, it's such a new... There's been so much of a focus on it lately, and it's still so new for them that, you know, you're going to have so many variances from where the hop was grown, you know, mm-hmm. farm or lot or crop year, and I just think it's been, you know, to some extent untraceable for them up to now. Up to now. And, and now everybody's really using a lot of hops, yeah. Yeah, until we, yeah, exactly. It's been around forever. We just didn't use this many fucking hops before, Yeah, no, so. we weren't doing that. I mean, what you could do is you could, like, uh, you probably have done this already, is, like, store the can warm, you know, kind of force it, and then see if you get a drop in gravity and the, your, your, your alcohol goes up mm. and mm-hmm. maybe even more carbonation. You know, the classic things that happen with, like, hop creep that you know when you see it in a can. Yep. But you don't have to worry about that because you're selling your beer in two weeks. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another great IPA. You guys are making good IPAs. Both, that was pretty They're damn, solid. They're really good. I like them. Pretty damn clear, by the way, yeah. too, uh, if you look at those. So, and so uh, no filtration for you guys, just finings for all your beers? Correct. Okay. Um, Including and- the lager. Yes. Loggers. Um, and yeah, the other lager we make is a super bright beer. And I think a lot of that's not just because of lagering and, and biofining it, but um, it's not dry hop. So, it does, you know, oh, yeah. 
kiwi has that a little bit of that polyphenol haze. And it's um, not fine. But it's color pills, so that's all right. right. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's not fine, yeah. Uh-huh. Would you ever buy a filter? Plate and frame? No. no. DE? No. No interest in that. Centrifuge, but no interest. large investment. Yeah, centrifuge would be considered. But yeah. yeah. Why, I, not, why that and not the others? Uh, so... My perception, um, really from when I worked at Stone, we centrifuged and ran a DE filter. And, you know, as a filter centrifuge operator, you're sampling the beer at so many points throughout the process of making it. I really felt that it was more detrimental to the aroma of the beer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it has its benefits in terms of creating more shelf-stable beer. Um, so it kind of just depends on which route you're going with, your, with your brewery. and What kind of beer know, it is. And what kind of beer it is. And, you know, I just I felt that the benefit of not using the filter outweighed the benefit of using it. Sure. And if findings are working so well anyway, then fuck it. Right. It's a lot cheaper anyway, isn't it? <laughs> Drastically. <laughs> uh, but a centrifuge maybe someday. Someday, someday. maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys have a gigantic centrifuge. We have room. a centrifuge. We don't have a filter. You don't? Yeah, okay. we don't filter our beer. You never did, did you? Uh, no. Yeah. So he went from the brew pub and then finding... No, actually or- we did. We had a little, uh, we had a little two meter um, uh, horizontal leaf uh, mm-hmm. e-filter. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought it from Rich Norgrove back in the day. Okay. Like 30 years ago. Bear Republic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and the mill and the two roller uh, Ross Camp mill. Nice. It's still there. <laughs> well gentlemen um i am not going to throw you out because we got another segment to do if you want to hang out but i do want to thank you for being here for driving all the way or flying you all the way cans down. from carlsbad yeah i was thinking that too we got we can try another cans. beer Absolutely. um but i want to thank you for sharing all this beer with us uh it's been uh, it's it's also good it's on tap here at the hop grenade and probably will be for the next uh, week or so i, I expect this stuff's going to go pretty quick so come on down to the hop grenade in uh, concord california if you want to try their beer or go to Bergen. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> uh, go to bergenbeer.com, bergenbeer.com, however you want to spell it. You'll find it over there. Uh, and you can uh, find their places to find your beer there. Yeah? Uh, like you list where, where you can find it around Carlsbad, no, maybe? No, we actually don't, now no. that you bring that up. You don't just, <laughs> just do... Just don't that uh, can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Do you... And you it's ever changing. You're donating money, yeah. one or the other. You do distribute, yeah? Yeah. Yes. yeah. You do. We okay, do. So it's not yes. just in the tap room, yeah? No. Okay. Uh, and outside of California at all? Uh, just Arizona. Yeah, okay. Select. Oh, wow. Yeah. Phoenix nice. area, mostly. All right. Spots in Phoenix. All right, go check them out at virginbeer.com. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll try some more of your beer. We'll go grab some of those cans. And we got to do our Twitter game. And uh, maybe we'll find out what's up in Sully's beer world, too. Hang in there. It's a session. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hello, this is David Walker from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. You are listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're still with the boys from Virgin Beer Company out of Carlsbad, California. Go to virginbeer.com and check them out. We thought we'd get one more beer of theirs in our glass before we have to go today. And um, this is the beer that you guys are uh, uh, raising money with, right? Absolutely. Is yep. that right? We got the can there, the, the Reclaim the Wild IPA. And um, good-looking can. Good-looking logo, by the way. I like the glass with the roots. 
It's very nice. Ties back into the name. That was some good. Yeah, some good branding. Like Carol Merrill right now. I might have to sue for my Reclaim the World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that obviously idea. wasn't the logo when it was abstract. That was not it. Absolutely right. not. That would be a shitty logo, by the way. Abstract Brewing's logo, just think about it. It would be nothing. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was Warhol. Pretty, it was pretty paint, generic. Yeah, paint splattered <laughs> against bland. the can. Yeah. What's yeah. the name? <laughs> yeah. I can't read it. So good move all around, really. Think about it. Um, well, tell us about this beer. Let's just do that before we got to get some other business done. Yeah, so I, I think the initial idea for the beer was, you know, to try to resemble what we were attempting to accomplish with the beer and and capture that in its flavor. Um, so almost tried to, like, make you feel as if you were in a forest drinking this beer. Yeah. Um, so we use, it's got some citra in it, so it still has a little bit of that new age tropical twist to it. But um, Chinook and Cascade tried to get it that, like, little bit of pine, floral flavor and aroma into it as well. Nice. Um, pretty straightforward grain bill. I think it's literally just two-row and carafoam. Um, kept it light and, you know, simple, easy drinker and, you know, something that you'd want to take with you on a hike or yeah. camping. It's a great IPA. It's nice. It does, now, so... <clears throat> JP and Sully are both right in their comments. I can, I'm picking them up now. JP, oh, ha, house flavor, like kind of that house, like malt, that malt backbone, character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or slight sweetness. And then be, it's not too sweet because of just a little like astringency just on the tip, right? Like just on the tip of your tongue to kind of. It's a little rough, but it's not like when you say rough, you're like, oh, God. Uh, it's just, it's nice. It's a nice little, almost like a palate cleanser. To cut through some of the, yeah. some of the hops. Because there's a lot of hops in all of your IPAs. I mean, you guys are your hoppy motherfuckers <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. That's a nice beer. That's a good beer. You're going to plant a we lot of trees kept, with that kept beer. kept the alcohol a little bit lower on this one. Um, Trevonis, 7.2. The interlock beer we had was 7. This one's 6.5. Okay. Um, so, again, almost kind of falls into that strong pill thing that we're going Do you for. do anything low ABV? Low ABV? Yeah. Yeah. So Clever Kiwi was five. Uh, the German pills we do is five, two. We have a uh, year-round brown ale that we do that's four, seven. We got a silver medal for Grisette last year at GABF. That's, Congratulations. Uh, four, four, two, four, four. Nice. We would do a uh, whole lot more beers. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but uh, you got to make money. Yeah. Sales, yeah. It's, everybody wants something over five. It's like all my beers would be under five. Yeah. How does the brown ale do? It does pretty great. good. Yeah. It's a beer we've had on since the beginning, and it's always been on. What do, do you, you call it? Burl. You call it Burl Brown Ale? Uh, yeah, we sell it as a nut brown ale. It's. I mean, we use Cal Ale on it, so it, it's not too English-influenced. The malt base of it is, um, but the fermentation profile, you know, we try to get it to finish a little bit higher so it leaves a little bit more of that residual sweetness and body into the beer. Um, but there's just not a lot of brown ales down by us. It was mm. seemed like it was a style that kind of died for a bit, and Alesmith was really the only one that hung on to it, and, and that's a big inspiration for ours. Um, I think brown, the name brown, can be kind of uh, dangerous because, you know, like I always have this rule of thumb, brown, mild, and bitter. You know, you don't want those in beer names. Hmm. Uh, I made a beer called Bitter American, by the way. But, um, <laughs> Which did very well. Did well right? for yeah. when it was out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, 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 don't, I have this feeling like it's sort of the people have a reaction to it. So if it's a brown ale, like you don't really, you're calling it, what was it again? Um, a nut brown. No, but it's burl. Oh, right? burl. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a great name. Just to, which is like the like the redwood tree yeah, burl. Redwood. Bob, burl yeah. and wood. Yeah, I wanted yeah. it to taste like burl eyes, or I'm fucking <laughs> dumping it. Yeah, even that, <laughs> even that, not a good connotation. But the redwood burl is nice. Yeah, uh, Christmas is so much better now. Yeah, that you said that. <laughs> Thank you. I think also maybe you got well. You brew a bunch of good beer, so I'm sure the brown is good. But even on your own lineup, there's probably like you know lager, lager, IPA, 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 IPA. 
uh, pale ale, brown ale. So it like stands out on the menu for somebody like me or somebody else who's looking for something different. And then maybe even what you said, if there's just not a lot of the other breweries around you, it'll work for you. Does that make sense? Like it's yeah. almost like that one thing where the, enough people want something different that it sells for you. Yes, you know it's not going to be everybody who walks in there's favorite beer, but a bunch. It'll of move people. slow, probably slower than the other ones. I'd imagine. Yeah, we don't oh, yeah. produce anywhere near as much as other yeah. beers, but it's, I mean we it's probably do to a fifteen barrel batch of every it other every other month. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not yeah. much, but okay. a lot of it stays in house. Is yeah, that the darkest nice. beer you brew? No, no. Uh, we have a porter on right now, a nitro and a CO two version. Um, we do some imperial stouts. Oh wow! So we got a lot of a lot of. We, we tried. That was going. one thing we really yeah. from the beginning wanted to keep a focus on was we knew we were going to sell a ton of IPAs or hoppy beers, but the variety of our lineup was something that at least for him and I we wanted to really stay true to. Um, you know, to some degree, regardless of sales, which. Clearly, you can't completely write that off. Sure, but, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we try to do a good job of keeping it diverse because we do have those customers that come in. Like, we have plenty of people that come in and they literally will only touch the brown ale. Or dark beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What's your darkest beer, Sully? Uh, well, we just killed one. The bitter. Uh, the, the back and black. Uh, yeah, the bitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that, was a, you know, that was a black IPA and we were still brewing that even though that style kind of like died off. Right. Uh, so I love that gone. beer, though. It was kind of funny beer like because it beer was like too. really like big in like um, Atlanta and upstate New York. It was like being big in Tokyo, Japan or something like that. Yeah. I like that beer. We still get like, emails from people going like, what the fuck happened on that beer? Right. Like, well, you didn't drink enough of it. Cool ass can on that one, too. Also, don't yeah. curse at me in my own email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian server, please don't do that. So what's left then? What's your darkest one now? Um, I would probably have to say, uh, you know, we have toaster pastry, which is a you know an imperial red, mm-hmm. um, double beer. red, mm-hmm. and um, nothing really dark. I think we're going to put an imperial stout out. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that next year. Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not going to sue you. <laughs> and you're you're probably not going to sue you. You're That's fine. why I was interested in imperial stout when you mentioned that. I like I like that style a lot. It's like yeah. you know, I like stouts a lot too. Mm-hmm. I like brown ales too. I mean, like I I find myself you know, like gravitating towards sort of maltier beers, like more balanced beers, you know. All this stuff's just going to come back. I mean, if yeah. you, for those of you who are going to stick around, uh, you'll end up making all these beers again. Like, yep. Guaranteed, right? There's no way that it doesn't just keep cycling through what's popular. I mean, I talked to a bar owner, actually, in uh, Rockridge, and he said that hazy IPAs are really popular still, mm. but you're also seeing, like, a little bit of a tick down towards West Coast style, you know, clear, you know, IPAs, a little bit more bitterness. Back to uh, it. <laughs> back to it, yeah. Yeah. Good. It'll come back. It'll, yeah, yeah, right? Good. Yeah. As much as I don't drink IPAs. I was going to say, good. what do you mean good? That's not even a tick. You complained about that one before you complained about the hazy one. I do. I did. <laughs> But you know what? Look, the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. <laughs> is Wait, that how it goes? Yeah. I think so. Something like that. You like brown ales, though. I love brown ales, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love brown ales, I love porters, I love stouts. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like the uh, the Newcastle brewed at Lagunitas? No, I hated it. Really? Yeah. What, what didn't you like about it? It tasted like blood. It tasted like blood and, oh, dripped over like Crystal 80 malt. It was not good. <laughs> so like that iron? T- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Not, metallic. Yes, it was metallic, bad, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so bad. It was so bad. So oh. not, do, you, do you think, we should just get Jeremy on to ask about this, but do yeah. you think that they were trying <laughs> to replicate like Newcastle or no, do their own? No, it was, it, was, it was their own, but I think what, but... I don't know if I, if I had to guess, which apparently I do. Um, they think that Newcastle is it's on the lighter end, so it's a little watery, and maybe they don't do lighter beers very well, like lower ABV. So they just didn't provide enough 
mouthfeel or more enough body. They don't want it too malty because uh, Newcastle really isn't that malty, right? It's yeah. kind of like it's like brown water. I mean, yeah. it's, it's always been like lower carb and thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's well, like all they, the things we like about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like they wrote a recipe for like crystal twenty and crystal forty, but they put crystal eighty and crystal one twenty in there, and then someone cut their hand off, and they go, "Well, fuck it, <laughs> it's fine." It's a lot of body references yeah. today. Yeah. Although yeah. no. I, I also just like you I like know, my body. You know how judges, you know, you're judging. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, you should have done this. You should have. JP can like has this whole imaginary thing that happened with like a limb falling in the cup. <laughs> and he bled it out. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I haven't I had it yet. I haven't either. I mean, I imagine that beer was probably not doing great. You know, it's, you know, it's an old beer. And then, you know, decided like, let's, uh, let's, you know, pop it up a bit. I think so too. I, I think that they weren't and they got a whole probably new trying design. to to make the same one. I think yeah. they were like, oh, let's make one that oh, will sell here. Yeah, or for sure. It's a, yeah. it's a different recipe, it's and they just, probably couldn't even make good. the regular the same beer. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You guys do anything with water? By the way, I was that trying was to say it's got to be the water with Newcastle. Mm-hmm. We brew with it. Mm-hmm. No, but you, do you guys do anything with your water? Nothing, do you adjust it all? Crazy. Okay, you just uh, got that good like big ass filter we got. Um, just carbon. You're not adding any salts or anything like that. Filter. Okay. Well. Uh, we do a little bit of calcium chloride in hazy the beers. hazy beers. Your water's pretty hard down there. It has high minerality, doesn't it? Yep. It doesn't. Yeah. That's, but, but it really also helps the IPA. varies pretty drastically, even within the county. Oh, wow. It seems like um, I, we just did a beer with a brewery further down in San Diego by the airport, and his water seemed a lot harder than ours. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. And it's really hard because they changed the source. Yeah, that's so many times gonna, throughout the year. So, so your water does change throughout the year. Yeah. yeah, I think there's three sources for us specifically. So I would think that would make you want to like RO that shit. We considered it uh, when expensive. we were going through the planning okay. stages of everything, but it was cost and it's there's a lot of waste. Too. It is. These guys are saving the earth. You and, dump as much yeah. water as you use. Yeah, really? like yeah. to one. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. So come on, Justin. To actually, go through the process. Yeah. If we chose, I thought it just strip shit out. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh. A lot of water goes down the drain. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. We. We can expand on on the filtration system we have now, and, and it would need to be incorporated into an RO system, anyways. Mm-hmm. So we have options, but it, it really is just the waste. Okay, it's pretty crazy. Why has um, nobody ever said that to me? Interesting. And yeah. we also kind of wanted to just start brewing beer and see how it came out, and decide if we felt it was that necessary. So yeah, is that a thing? Like, I mean, you know, the same recipe IPA now and four months from now, are you tasting and going, well, that's different? They changed the water. It's no, really not that no, okay. No. All right, and and. Being IPA focused, I I think our water profile is pretty good. You okay. know, if we were going to be a lager house, we yeah. probably would have. No, it's perfect for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It, we would have changed or probably on our own if we were going to be producing okay. all lagers. But okay, well, don't change anything. The beer's fucking good. <laughs> uh, Twitter game. Twitter game. What was our Twitter game today? Uh, our Twitter game today was uh, everyone has weird grooming habits. Even the brewcasters describe some of our worst ones. <laughs> Okay. See what you guys walked into here. I hope Sully, <laughs> I hope Sully landed on I'm this week's well, God, Twitter game. You know, I mean, you know, first week back. Welcome and, back. And yeah. it's like, I was hoping that, and he didn't, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, which okay. is Thank you, bad. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, some people don't even know who I am, probably. I don't know. Everyone knows who you are. But I don't know. know about that. These I guys didn't. So. They walked in. Who's the old guy in the corner there? Father <laughs> <laughs> time is here to say, you better hurry up. <laughs> That's right. You're Get off my own. Go plant a tree that I can put my kid in one day. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to say yeah. that. Coffee for kids. Womb. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. Uh, Catfish Hunter 78 says, Beardy has to clean food, sticks, grass, rice hulls, etc. out of his beard once a week. 
Okay. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, it, that is funny. If you've ever been out with, with, uh, with Warren and, and he does get food in his beard and he doesn't know about it, and yeah. part of me... Just doesn't tell him in time. You don't want to tell because him. I yeah. think it's you funny. You want to watch to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, no. That's part of the fun. Hundred percent same. Like there have been times where he's eating and like there's something it's like a chunk in his beard and I'm just like talking to him, but I'm not making eye contact because he can't tell. And I'm just staring at his beard and it's he's it's like what you get like for the, having a beard. Yeah, I mean, he's like the classic old man like eating a can of beans or something by himself and just there's a burrito in your beard. <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> just so so bad. I can't do it. Like. Um, I can't really watch people eat. Yeah. It goes back to like my germophobia, which I've mostly gotten over. Yeah. You were molested but, by a sandwich. But one thing <laughs> <laughs> that could have happened. Yeah. One thing that still bothers me is just if I see food on people's face in any yeah. way, yeah. I start gagging. <laughs> so gagging. Not only just can food. I not like look, but yeah. I like I really can't look. So I have to be like, uh-huh, uh, Beardy, go to the bathroom. Like something. Like I, have, I can't get away look, from me. Oh, yeah. I start to throw up. Wow. Wow. Just by seeing, you don't tell them that there's food there. That's my big thing. I, if if I just met you, I say you got something in your in your in your teeth or your mouth right. or something like that. So oh yeah, I'll do that, but not with Warren. Because Warren he likes it. Like, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, with other people I would be kind, but with Warren, <laughs> you know, Warren like, you're like fuck yeah. you. I mean, you know, it's not like we're not out in public or well, well, you know, we're not. It's not for like sure. out. meeting the president. We're, like, we're, we're actually there. totally out. In public. Yeah, but you sit there and you just look at it. and You go, oh man, this fucking idiot. Oh, <laughs> and every once in a while he'll sit and comb it with his fingers and yeah, and you go see. I would you give do it like that 30 if I seconds. could, but yeah. I just can't. I'll throw up. Okay, go on. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> The Rev says, Beardy actually uses hop oil in his beard to keep that golden glow, which I don't really know if that's disgusting or not. No, that's... Well, did, you didn't ask for a disgusting one. Sounds you like a just tip. asked for weird ones or something, didn't you? Uh, uh, one of our worst grooming habits. But, worst. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. okay. I don't know. Whatever. We'll hop keep oil it. would be... would That'd be bad. Okay. It's not like it's beard oil. Well, that's true. Yeah. But it's oil. Crisco. Anyway, uh, Pete, our good friend Pete Dink says Justin's ponytail. Just that. Yeah, that's that's your worst grooming habit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. I totally agree. Actually, right. but I'm um, too lazy. That's true. And then uh, la- last uh, but not least, Matt Cadmus says JP's regular just for men application on his mustache and soul patch. Justin's nose trimming for low camera angle and Beardy's beard hey. in general. Callback. Okay. Yeah. I also am yeah. really thankful that I was excluded from these. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I have a list that That's was probably the one that was deleted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. What was that after my low camera angle? Beardy's beard in general. Okay, beard's beard. Yeah. Right. That was easy to remember. Beverly doesn't grind her bunions down Ew. enough. Or, I don't know. <laughs> You're just submitting this now, aren't you? Yeah. Also, it's like I also agree that is yeah, my worst. Well, uh, <laughs> where that? well, Scott has informed me that his least favorite part of my body. Is my feet? Oh my god! First of all, so thank you for telling me what part of my body you don't like, you prick. Also, like you have a list. Yeah, where is his list? Exactly. A a, number one. Number two. Who gives a fuck what you think? Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's right. That one bothers me. Like I would. It really does. First of all, would he ever go to a man and say, "Listen, Jay, I don't know if you know this, but my least favorite part of your body is." Of course, he (laughs) would. Your entire body. So, but chauvinistic, don't you think? Well, yeah. Absolutely. Totally. You'd be called out on that. We have two. Yeah. So, Scott, too. And that's it. Those are your choices, man. All right. So, Beardy's got shit in his beard. Yep. Um, Hop oil in Beardy's beard. Yep. Justin's ponytail. All right. 
Um, or the last one kind of covers three of us. Uh, just for men in JP's beard. Mustache and soul Mustache Low camera angle and Justin's nose hairs and anything having to do with Beardy's beard. Um, well, my two favorites are shit caught in Beardy's beard and Justin's yeah. ponytail because I totally agree. It's my worst grooming habit. Yeah, yeah, same. It's when I'm lazy. Yeah. I agree. Okay, Justin's ponytail win? I think so. Yep, there think we go. All right. I was going to say, job, gonna say Beardy's beard, you know, the stuff in his beard, because we talked about it for half an hour. That was, yeah. Just from, like, sheer volume of the conversation. I know, but if I keep thinking about it, I'll throw up. <laughs> and also, Actually, Justin's that's why I'm going to keep talking about it. pretty gross. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. Beardy's off in uh, 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 Scotland right now. He is. Doing distilling, uh, some distilling learning. And he was told implicitly to not have any fun, because he's there without his wife. <laughs> oh. He texted me. Uh, he's, he, he texted me as well. I'm sure. I'm he's thinking texting he's, me too. I'm thinking right he's, now. So he's lonely. I think he's getting a lot of attention out there with that thing. Wait, he's, he's texting, texting you, you right now. Yeah, what's the time? Eight hours, nine eight well, hours? Eight hours. Not, not right now. No, he, not right now. He's, just in general. he's only sent me one text because, you know, we're not really like buddies. I'm what kidding. was his text? No, it was, uh, it was a photo of a uh, tap handle, I guess, like a badge. You know, they have those little round badges. And it's a 5% IPA from Loch Ness Brewery. Mm-hmm. And he said, the Imperial is probably 5.5. Five. And I just wrote, God damn. Like, that, yeah. you know. You were born in the wrong place. I was born in the wrong place. The wrong I thought you were going to say well. he walked into a place called the Hop Grenade in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Fuck. Justin's going to throw up. <laughs> Lose my shit. Yeah. Again. And now he's part owner in it. I asked him how the weather was, and he said, it's 65 pretty much all the time and I said oh so you're living your best life and he said I'm never leaving it's yeah. probably too hot that's even there. warm for him yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's probably walking around with no shirt on that's true. he's wearing his beard shirt <laughs> digging out Pete that's <laughs> his new job uh-huh. hauling Pete sounds awful you have to do this yeah. for a week it's part of the process <laughs> you can't that's leave how you learn <laughs> yeah like in Malaysia they say like you can't or the new program is you can't graduate at least you plant 10 trees you can't leave Scotland until leave. you've hauled 10 tons of peat yeah it's a rule yeah. you can't get, can't get back through customs they don't smell it on you. That's true. He he strategically or, or accidentally had a layover in Amsterdam. Oh, weird. On his way there. Yeah. And I had told huh. him, I was like, listen, you got to go to the red light district. Yeah. And, and really just, just to walk through. Little like, he's sucked. a married guy. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, just, just to walk through. Like, it's, sure. it's interesting. So he goes walking through, you know, picture beard. He was fucking beard like nobody's ever seen before on that mm-hmm. continent, probably. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I got some attention in the red light district. He's like, at some point, I just really had to sprint out of there. I had to leave. It was it's like really the moment, Mr. Beard. It's I'm like, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh la la. Ooh, how much of a beard man? I don't, well, you didn't Spanish. even say if it was good attention or not. It could have been dudes. Yeah. It could have been uh, females. I do not know. Oh, uh, but he, I won't touch your beard. But I just could picture it. I was like, yeah, he's got, like, even here in the U.S., people have never seen anything like that. He gets a lot of attention. Imagine over there. I wouldn't want just like a, a gaggle of prostitutes running their fingers through my beard because that's what happens I'd here. Be down with people, that. Hey, what's wrong with that. What's he talking I'm, about I'm totally right now? Totally down with that. No, man, you don't know where those, those hands have been. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get other people's. You know, they're just trying to get the food out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a service. That's, yeah. that's what he's telling his wife when he gets home. They're just getting the food out. It's right. a tradition here in Amsterdam. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. One hundred like asshole friends back home. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> leaving there. Some places give you the key to the city. Others let one hundred prostitutes run their fingers through your body hair. Then like you're heaven. welcome. I love. No oh, man. Well, you should grow your beard out. We're on a plane. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Sully and I are in. I'll do the video. <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, that's all I got for everybody. Congratulations to our winner Thank of you. today's Twitter game. Me. 
All right, next week on the show, I don't know whether to just spell this name or it's... It's Rip. Okay, but why does it have two eyes? I don't know. You got, it's down by you. Isn't it down south? Yeah. We just brewed a beer with them. Yep. Before, How do you say it? Before we beach wood, it's uh, Rip. Rip. Um, well, why is it that? Why is it R-I-I-P? <laughs> why, why is it that? We never asked. I don't think we got an answer yeah. for it's that. Like, yeah. It's like maybe pointing so out food in a beard. You can't do that. Maybe it's not rest in peace. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe so they don't make that association Because I will sue them yeah, For my he already has it. I guess we'll get to the bottom of it next week But that's who we've got on What you guys uh, on, on the show next week What did you guys brew? West Coast IPA Okay Full right. spots We dry hopped with New Zealand hops At the one at their facility And American varietals at ours Okay Oh, the beer that you brewed with Beechwood That we tried You said you kept the recipe the same how different were the two beers? So uh, we think a lot of the difference came from they have a different dry hop temp and they do not recirc their dry hops. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of noticed with Mosaic Forward beers, which that was, that we get a little bit more of the dankness out of it okay. than kind of the fruitiness. And so theirs tended or theirs seemed that it had a little bit more well, of that. It, it was interesting because this past week we actually had another event um, down at Obi Noodle House and. <clears throat> When we did the first event at Beechwood, theirs was more fruity and ours was more dank. But then as two or three weeks went by, it flip-flopped. Interesting. Like ours settled in and theirs kind of got a little more bitter and on the dank side. Right. Yeah. So it was it was totally weird to see it change. Evolve. hundred. Yeah. That's totally fun, fun, though. That's yeah, super exactly. cool. Yeah. Living product, right? Yeah. Like it just yeah. changes all the time. That's yeah. a lot of fun. That's a good way to do it, too. Exact same recipe, because we've talked about that on the show for years, since the beginning. That those Back in the day. There are those brewers who will come in, and they'll tell us everything about how they make every single beer. They don't care, because they know that everyone who tries to make That's it, it's going are. to be yeah. different, no right? No so no it's yeah. fun, uh, probably, as pro brewers to actually see that in action, right? Yeah, you yeah. go, oh, shit, yeah. That's and that totally was, different. honestly, the Beachwood beer was probably the first one that we've ever even done that way. Mm. Most of the time, it's usually you something completely different at both spots. Up. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. That's cool. And the one you just did with uh, Rip Beer, uh, same recipe in both locations, too? Same grain bill, but mm. the hopping was different. Okay. And okay. they don't, they can't can beer in their facility, and we did a canning run on yep. ours. Got it. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Well, we'll be speaking with them next week, so hang in there for that. Thanks again to you guys for being in here. That was uh, great. Anthony and Derek, Thanks I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, good luck to you. Uh, keep us in the loop as you, as you grow, and keep making great beer. Do you guys send it up here to the Bay Area often, or do we just get lucky with you coming up here? Occasionally. Yeah? Um, there's a handful of accounts in the Bay Area. All right. Um, you keep us on your list, will you? Absolutely. I love your beer. I'd like to have it here more often. That'd be great. Absolutely. All right. Everybody, you can go to burgeonbeer.com and check it out, learn more about them. Um, Sully, did you have fun on your on your first show back? I mean, I was going to ask you how I do. Am I, can I come back next time, or is this it? Was this like my audition? And you, you Pat, It was your audition. I knew that. Going um, you, you, I did the same to Teresa, by the way. Oh, you did. Yeah. Uh, uh, you passed. Um, I like you, the way you just said it in kind of like a, you passed. Like, maybe it didn't almost, or, you know. But, well, yeah. you, it was no, a C plus. Yeah, you, exactly. I was just going to say, you got a, you got a 61. <laughs> you, no, no, no. You were a solid B. <laughs> Um, this is the Montessori well, okay. school of, you know, Here's what I aspire. I, just, I, can, right. I actually just could tell you're, you're still like, you got to feel your way back into that seat. Like, in other words. I was you, feeling the seat earlier. When you used to do the CBS with me, like, it's like you owned the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so I mean, look, uh, we, yeah. we didn't have a lot of guests because you, you couldn't get many. But back in the day. And this yeah. is their show. This is, a, you know, I don't want to, you know, there, talk. There's a, a, a difference, which I think is fine, between Sully the guest and Sully the co Yeah. Yeah, you got to kind of oh, hang I back. Like, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Which one? In which fact, one do you like? 
<laughs> well, okay. Both of my children I love equally. Here's <laughs> and including the one in the box, in the ground. That's right. <laughs> okay, if that's there, dark. If okay. there were not a difference, I would not have invited you to be a co-host. Because uh, okay. there is a difference. Yeah. And it's because of what you just said. Like, you understand that you're here to help with the facilitate. Well, I the, also, the honestly, yeah. I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, uh, placating me like that. But uh, <laughs> I actually was interested. I like, there's, I like people's stories, like how they yeah. got into this thing and, what, and how it's working for them. Yeah. You know, we're all kind of in the same struggle and, uh, and have the same successes in a lot of ways. But it's, so it's fun to, for me to, like, I don't want to talk about my shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll be up like B plus A minus okay, by I next week. I hope so, week. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, your request for a raise has been denied until this <laughs> That's happens. Right. Yeah, until I'm in a probation time. period. Is what you're saying? <laughs> like a 30 day probation? Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah, Sean. Teresa needs to. She'll be doing that spot this week. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have you take a take a week off to think about what you've done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How you can improve. and listen to the tapes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, thanks. Everybody everybody. JP, are you ready to make things happen? Sure, man. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Our new friends from Burgeon Beer Company in Carlsbad, California, came in to chat about doing good things for beer as well as for the environment. Learn more about them at burgeonbeer.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disneyland. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info and follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDonald. Dole at Tasty McDee. Warren is stuck over at Another Beardy. JP knows Twitter is dead, so he's on Instagram at Major Jip. And you can find Bevo there as well at Beverly M. Moore. Be sure to find The Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Cherry.